Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Hey guys, welcome to Knife Talks, a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, you know. My name's Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives and Mareko Momasi, bladesmith at Momasi Fire Arts. Guys, it's another week. Don't be really? too excited. Yeah, I was gonna say, the, <laughs> weeks right. are blend, the weeks are just blended into one at the moment. It's yeah. Yeah. Can't believe it's the weekend already. You it's the weekend. It's Sunday. This is the this is in the United States. This is the day before Memorial Day, a very important holiday where we celebrate. I couldn't not say this. We celebrate the the people who have served our country in the armed forces and people who we have lost. On, and this is a time for this is a very important day. This mm. is down. This is coming down. So how is everybody? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Nothing out of you guys. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a big lunch. I'm like, oh, I'm nearly asleep. Oh. Um, how are we? Um, yeah, um, good, really good, actually. Um, I mentioned last week that the the weather's taken a big turn in here in France, and, it, and summer has just come with a big bang. Um, so yeah, it's everything's just been a lot more positive, and you know, spending a lot more time outdoors. Um, work-wise, I've been doing some heat treating as well um, on, a, on a bunch of knives. Um, still waiting for a lot of stuff to come in. I got a bit excited last week where we had some mail, um, but it was literally just one thing of mail. We haven't had any since. Bill. <laughs> well, well, funnily enough, it was, yeah. But um, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> of course. We always get bills, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah those always come in fast. Things are definitely sort of on the up. Um, and us as a family, we're, t- we're not, I mean, not taking risks, but we're, we're going out a little bit more now when we know it's somewhere quiet, um, where we're not really in contact with other people. So yeah, it's been really nice just to be out and in the sun. Um, I've been working on, uh, as well as doing some heat treating on some blades, um, on the, uh, the makery, which we'll talk about in the news section, but, um, yeah, that, that's, that's all good. Um, what else we've we been doing? What else we've been doing? I mean, you've been inspiring all these pizza guys. You're like Mr. You, your pizza oven has. I've been all I've been seeing now are people with their pizza ovens. Really? Oh, good. Yeah, good, good. It's I, annoying. I think that's just the it's weather so changing. Everybody's outside now. But uh... I don't know. I've never seen so many outdoor pizza ovens people own. It's like a little bit outrageous. Yeah, we're annoying. lighting ours again tonight. Oh, yeah. Always good. Always good. I'm jealous. Well, yeah, just I saw because... Jamie Bishop posted about yes right sausage man sausage man yeah sausage man posted up uh his his oven and just to let you know you got me so frothed up i went out and bought a uh ordered a pizza stone that fits on my grill oh right so i'm gonna give that a word i'm gonna i'm that's the cheapest way i could try to figure out if it's something i want to get involved with yeah use the even my wife was like do you want a pizza do you want a coal you want a wood fire pizza oven i'm like i don't want to put anything else in the backyard or in my house no the answer is no for pizza no i'm good let's get this 30 dollars stone and shut the fuck up you know 
Fair enough. There oh, one thing, one thing we have done. Um, so we've been, I, I've always wanted, um, uh, you know, sustainable knife is something I've taken quite seriously over the last year and I've always wanted to be as sustainable as possible. So um, over the last year, we've gone to see, um, and it's fallen through so many times, different woodlands to buy so we can have our own wood. Um, and it's just fallen through. We've got we've got right to the end, and it's fallen through, and so on. But we've we've actually we've done the deal on on a on a small woodland uh, close to us here, where the wood is um, very good for knife handles too. So you can't get more sustainable than growing your own handles. That's the way I'm thinking of it. So you um, bought a plot of land just for the wood. Um, well, you well, build on it or we can't build on it. Um, but it's. I mean, here where we are, everybody uses firewood, you know, to, to heat their homes in the winter. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very much commonplace across France because we're, we're, France is full of woodland. Um, so woodland's very, very cheap. Um, so we thought we'll buy a small plot. That way we know we've got wood for life with regards to heating. Um, but also it's, you know, for wooden handles as well. And there's a bit of it, you know, camping and, you know, getting the kids out and about in, into nature and so on. So... Um, so yeah, so that's sort of finally happened this week as well. So we're very happy about that. So it's just been a, yeah, it's just been a good week. No real massive news. Just everything's just been good and positive, and it's yeah, feeling I'm, good this week. I'm getting excited for Lockwood Sanctuary. Uh-huh. The new the good? new the new Lockwood Sanctuary. Maybe maybe mm. someday you'll have you, that that'll be the Lockwood Jamboree, and you'll have all knife makers come for a hammer in, and they can all pitch their tents and. Knife fest you know, at Lockwood Woodward. That's right. Yeah, that's I like that. <laughs> uh, what about uh, what about you, Morocco? Yeah. Uh, for me, this last week, uh, let's see. We got a new video up. Uh, I've been. Oh, actually, I just handed off a knife yesterday uh, to a leather worker, which is always very. Uh, I've only done it a couple times, uh, but it's pretty nerve wracking because um, for the the knives I'm building, you know, they're. I'm spending two, three weeks putting them together, and then I'm handing them off to somebody to uh, to do leather work and build a sheath. And this one's getting a like kind of like a shoulder harness, so it could be carried uh, across the body, um, not just at the waistline. And so, yeah, that was pretty uh, nervous making, but <clears throat> he's a really nice guy. Um, he's super talented, and he's local. He's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes from me. Um, so I'm glad I found him and I'm excited to work with him for the first time. Uh, nice. otherwise I, I, I've, I've still have that giant breaking knife, uh, that butcher scimitar that, uh, I had the hormone on it and the customer has been, uh, really cool with the timeline on it. Um, regarding, uh, cause he, he wants, he just wants to be as good as I've can make it and so he he wants me to feel good about sending it out and uh so i've been experimenting uh with the hamon finish and um and that's getting ready to go out uh tomorrow actually and so that's been going well i'm trying to think what else i don't know it's been pretty low-key uh still a lot more a lot of family time uh since i'm working from home and um yeah that's basically i don't know that's that's all i can think about right now (laughs) off the top of my head so, yeah. yeah. How about Jeff? I think everybody's everybody's feeling oh, this sort of from where time is just, you know, dragging on. I wouldn't say dragging on because that sounds really negative, but you know, yeah. every day is like Sunday. That's that's right. the way I feel at the moment, which is uh, a Smith song. But uh, it feels like yeah, every day is like Sunday, and it, it's it's just there's there's no real news. We've done the same today as we did yesterday. Yeah. 
that's it. That's the problem with all of this. And I, I've slowly, slowly started to get our lives, my house, we've slowly, slowly started to get back to things, which is great. This week was super busy. I had meetings with uh, the chef I'm working on, uh, this uh, new uh, uh, knife that we're making, the serrated, offset serrated knife. And we're, we had meetings because we're going to go um, team up with his organization. And a part, part of the money is going to help pay some of the employees. It's going to go to an employee fund. And we're kind of looping in with this recipe company. And it was a lot of meetings, a lot of really positive meetings. And I just got excited. And I got some wood from my buddy, uh, our list, a listener number one, Ben Snur, sent me some um, beautiful um, mesquite, which I never thought could... Sorry, that's Ben's yeah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, and I stabilized it in, on, on these four knives. They look awesome. I'm super pumped about them. And um, I was just busy. And I'm working with my tat, my friend who's trying to help my buddy, Pat, who's, um, he's my tattooist. And he's, you know, these tattoo shops, they're been, they are closed and they're mandated to be closed. So who pays the bills? And, and, and um, so he and I, a couple of years ago did, uh, I gave him some blades and he used uh, like a stipple gun and he kind of tattooed these blades and i just put handles on them all i gave them to him and i said you know you know use them to pay your bills use them however you see fit i don't want a nickel i want you to you know because he's got you know a crew of guys who are sitting around you know doodling dicks and stuff who the hell knows what they're doing but they need to like you know i feel bad about it well i mean you know these tattoo guys it's not all like hearts and butterflies sometimes it's like big peckers and tits so i i just decided to you know i give it to him and he's he's sold one already i think he's gonna sell it. we got a couple of them already sold i haven't even finished one of them but i've been working with him and then i had a funny phone call and this is like i this is a perfect friday phone call because it was like <clears throat> i was getting ready to finish all this stuff up and then the phone rings I didn't recognize the number and I picked up. And I did, the reason why I picked up is because I've been trying to block all these weird Chinese scam emails, so our, uh, telephone calls. So what I try to do is I, I'll listen and then I can uh, click off and I can block the number. So I picked up and he's like, hey, it's me. And I said, like, who's me? Who's me? And then he's just like, you know who it is. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah. So this is this kind of semi-famous chef is a friend of mine. And uh, he's quite a character. And he says, he says to me, and he's high as a kite. And the only reason why I know he's high as a kite is because he's talking. He's always high. This guy is like these these young chefs. This is this new thing. I don't know if it's a new thing, but they're very creative. And then they kind of like lean heavy on marijuana to give them kind of like their you know inspiration or whatever. So he calls me up. Going. Yeah, these guys. They're all <laughs> half these chefs are just like you know you just like you look at them in their menu and you're like fried. Brussels sprouts with peanut butter sauce and Rice Krispies. What the fuck is this? Hot honey. What are you talking about? Oh, these guys high all the time. So this chef calls me up and he says, I got this idea. I wanted to talk to you. First, he says, how's your family? He says, I got this idea. and I just wanted to talk to you about it. So now that, you know, the restaurants are closed and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do stuff. I'm doing a lot of meditating and I'm doing a lot of hiking. Hiking is one of my favorite things right now. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, and he goes, and I don't know how, I don't know how he got my phone number, to be honest with you. So he, um. He goes, I was hiking yesterday and I saw a bear. And that's where I want you to come in. And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. This is going to, now that now we're into like, now I need to know. So he goes, so I love the hiking and I'm trying to figure out ways in which that I can enhance my hike. Do you, so, so you know what I'm saying? This is the project. And every few minutes he's saying to me, do you understand what I'm saying? So he goes, <laughs> not so, a clue. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like listening. Just like, I'm listening. It's like, this is ought to be good. Here it comes. And he goes, well, you know what? I thought this way I could enhance my hike would be a walking stick. A walking <laughs> stick would enhance my hike. 
And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, this motherfucker knows that I'm not in the walking stick business. So we're, we're you know, I mean, we're going to add on to what's the next step. And he goes, I know where this is going. Everybody knows where this is going. And he said, it would be really great to have like a three inch knife on the top of the walking stick. And, you know, maybe it's covered or maybe there's a sheath or maybe it folds in. And, and, uh, I said, and then he just keeps on going. And I'm like, all right, so you want a spear? He goes, no, 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 no. I want a, I want a walking stick. And I thought it would be great is I have this, uh, these magnets that I use to crush up my weed. And I don't know how they work, but I mean, they kind of work together and you put the weed in between the magnets and it crushes them up perfectly. I thought somehow we could incorporate that. And maybe even like a little container where I could kind of keep weed in. And I mean, all these accessories, like he's already accessorizing this whole thing. <laughs> this is the plus model. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, just, all I can think of was just listen, just shut up and listen because all of a sudden you got somebody talking on the podcast. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, and I just stop up for a second. I said, chef, I just, I just want you to know that I get a little bit nervous when people start asking me for making them knives or something like a weapon, because I feel like unless you're trained on using this stuff, you're giving yourself this false sense of security. And I said, and I just find it hard to believe that you're going to attack a bit. I mean, this isn't a small guy and nimbleness is over with this guy. You know what I mean? So I just, I was like, you know, a three inch knife, on, a knife spear <laughs> on a bear, on a bear. I don't, I, I think if I saw a bear in the wild, I'd probably just walk away. I would immediately like unsheath your knife. It's time to fight. So he said, Oh no, no, no. I just, you know, I got my, I'm going to be taking my kids with me and you know, we might just stumble on a rabid raccoon. I'm like, all right, man, what are you talking about? He's like, you, it sounds like you don't want to do it. I'm like, no, 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 I'm listening. I'm, let's just keep talking about it. And he just kept on going. And I'm just like shaking my head. Just like this guy wants me to make like a fucking, I mean, I'm the fucking spear ended, you know, knife walking stick weed carrying department so that you was get some strange requests i love it Jesus oh man Christ. i mean i was just like fucking thank god because that's the question i get a lot like what's the weirdest thing you get re you know requested so when something like this happens i don't shut them down right away <laughs> i need like some fucking i need ammo for the future you know so yeah and then he started sending me videos of his like open eel knife i was thinking about something like this i'm thinking yeah that'll all be great have a fucking open eel knife on the end of your walking stick and then you, you pull it out with your fucking thumbnail while the bear is attacking you and then what happens when it closes <laughs> while you're trying to ward off this fucking thing oh, so that's my week <laughs> <sighs> nice uh, symptom wise how you feeling I feel great we all feel great uh you know we're all just you know we feel fine i mean i've this is the first week i think the weather's changed so i'm uh i'm sleeping better um but uh, you know it's good my hair is a disaster <laughs> you're, gonna, you're not gonna see a picture of my head anytime soon this is a fucking i look like a, i'm at i'm at the wee awkward stage now so uh, you want to get get your wife uh fuck that free I, on the head oh fuck that i'm she's you know <laughs> she's staying away i'll hold off i'll hold off until the, the barbers become essential workers and all these shrub heads come to the, the <laughs> go to the barber shop i'm not gonna do that corona haircut i ain't gonna be that guy no. just okay. let it ride okay well you know the last couple of weeks every time we've started you know what we've been up to this week it's always been a bit of a damp square because we've all got nothing to say. Let's see what's happening with news and anything else is happening in the world. So, there's really nothing in the news. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, though, uh, so Blade Show was 
gonna be in two weeks like exactly want want it's not uh but they did move the dates to august 7th and 9th for more information go to bladeshow.com uh after that though i don't know you know the oh actually craig's got some news about the makery ah yes yes so um probably about three or four months ago i mentioned um something called the makery which i wanted to work on which was going to be a a fairer way for uh youtubers who make you know makers on youtube um to sort of distribute their stuff still get paid by youtube but you know have a, a slightly better platform to use um the more I, I started building like a rough prototype and like a beta version of it but the more i was doing that i was thinking this just heavily relies on youtube and YouTube could sort of pull pull it from under my hands at any point by just changing their APIs or, you know, changing the way they do things. And I was like, oh, you know, business-wise, this this makes no sense to make this. So I was thinking, you know, what could what could I make? And, you know, speaking to you two guys, you know, and, and you know, the, the sort of relative success we've had of the podcast and, and I think the value people get in podcasts, I thought, well, there's not really a platform for for podcasts, you know, that, when I, I don't mean platform. I mean a sort of a, a gathering of people with, you know, similar like-minded things. So the idea came for uh, The Makery, which is a, a podcast network for makers. Um, so I've been working really, really hard over the last maybe six weeks on this, speaking with, you know, ad agencies and marketers and all this kind of thing, to, to make a, as I say, a, a network for podcasts of makers um so anybody who does a a podcast you know and their audience is uh, our makers so it doesn't necessarily have to be knife making um anybody who's creative really so we're launching june the 1st which will be a week today because this is going out monday so a week today the makery will be a thing so it's makery.network um we're launching with with six shows, um, so there'll be a new episode every, basically every weekday plus the weekend. So, um, and these will be weekly shows. So every day there's going to be new content um, for makers, um, with a massive emphasis on quality. Um, we all know that anybody can start up a podcast, and there's plenty out there that are just they're difficult to listen to. So um, the idea is we've got we've got some of the best in the industry making these podcasts, and um, we'll be launching one. Well, we'll be launching all six uh, a week today, June the first. And I said that's at Makery dot network. Um, you can also find on Instagram at Makery Network. Um, and if you do a little bit of digging, you'll be able to find out who you think will be having shows because um, it won't take much digging at all. But we've got some really cool people. So there's yeah six shows to, to launch. Um, in talks with lots of other people to get podcasts as well. Um, and I just think it's just going to be really cool. Um, everybody's sort of bolstering each other um, and, you know, helping out each other's shows. Um, I say massive emphasis emphasis on quality. The audio is going to be awesome in every show. It's just going to be a really, a really cool thing. So there's going to be lots of new content out there, valuable content um, for people who, who make things. So it's going to be cool. Not all valuable. Mainly, mainly about they, they, we got one guy who's doing a show on his own, um, and he's just going to be talking shit. But I don't know, that's, about six hours, yeah, I, about six I, I hours plan, every week. I don't plan on no, oh, wow. it's not true. It's not true. Six hours. <laughs> I don't plan on being helpful at all. I plan on being, you know, just giving you that nice, easy. You don't have to take a notepad out to write anything down. Podcast. And I got two in the <laughs> tank, and here we go. 
It's going to be good. They're, they're all going to be weekly shows. Um, but, you know, I was thinking just this morning, and I put something up on the Knife Talk Instagram as well, that it it looks, if you read through the sort of the, the list of the hosts of all these shows, it's a bit of a boys club, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm very keen to get to get women involved, to get females involved. Right. So we, I'd love to hear a podcast um, of a female maker and shine, interviewing other female makers and shine a spotlight on what they do because – they're so easily sort of left out. And I think it's easy to say, well, you know, why don't you interview them? You know, we've tried and, and we have interviewed, you know, quite a few. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's always difficult because a lot of men, uh, <laughs> without, without tell, telling all men that they suck, um, will sort of uh, look for points to pick up on a female um, right. and want to correct them and so on. So I think it would be easier if, 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 if a female were to interview other females. So if there's anybody out there, any female makers out there who, who would like to do a bit of broadcasting, get in touch. I'd really like to see that show happen. There you go. There nice. we go. Very exciting. We go. It is June the Very 1st, a week today, um, network. Can, can cool. we start to pick our days? Can I, can I, can I rough, roughly come in and ask you if I can – Pick the day that I want to be dropped. I, I suppose so. I suppose. I mean, knife talk will be dropped every Monday as usual. Right. right. Um, but I mean, June the first, we're going to drop everybody's first episode anyway. Oh. Okay. Um, but from from going forward, everybody will have their own day. So if you want to if you want to jump the queue and pick a day, that's fine. I like to me. jump the queue and pick a day. Fridays would be great. Friday, okay. Friday. You, you, Full you blast like how I did that every Friday. That's right, baby. You like how I did that? I fucking didn't, you know, I just went right in and right in front of everybody. Like a scumbag. There's no going back. Yeah, baby. That's, that's how you do. That's how you do it. Right. Any other news? <clears throat> well, you can still buy Fader Knives EDC Coffee at Peekskill Coffee House. 70% goes to Feeding the Front Lines, which is uh, helping to feed. Yes, uh, it's paying uh, local restaurants to uh, serve the frontline workers, which is great. We're almost at our limit, and then we're going to be doing something else. Peekskillcoffee.com. Everyone's been posting. It's been great. It's been a very big success. I'm really happy about it. And thank you so much. Cool. And that's for Jeff's EDC coffee. Right. Cool. Right. Right. That I don't get a penny for. I just want to be very clear. Some some people seem to think, some people think this seem to think that like I'm in the coffee business and I'm not. You're I just, the George we, Clooney of the knife world. We've said this before. I'm trying to <laughs> use my following to sell some move some coffee. The only connection I have is my name and my logos on it. That's it. And it's good coffee. And that's it. If you want whatever you want, whatever you want. I, I mean, you know, I was the same stooge as I was before. I'm not like Juan Valdez walking through Peekskill with a fucking burro and a hat, you know, and a mustache. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm schmuck. Number one still here in my shop. Are you <clears> ringing <throat> people saying, Hey, it's me. And they got to guess who it is. Like, you know it's me. <laughs> yeah. It's me. <laughs> well, the funny thing would be is I I can't. I wish I wish I could go into it. But he introduced himself by saying his tagline and hoping that I could know who it was oh, by his tagline. Jesus. So it'd be like if I called Christ. you up and says, "Hey, hello, I'm with you. I'm with you." And then all of a sudden, oh, it's Jeff. It was like that. It was oh, funny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> did, did he wear Did he wear a T-shirt with his own tagline on as well? <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit like, all right, man, come on, come on, let's just let's just be normal. Uh, your your videos Morocco is is there been another one this week uh well now you got me questioning I'm pretty sure we got it up uh just this last week I think it was the beginning of the week wasn't it yes yeah 
yeah the last video so it's six part series uh we really drug it out over six episodes but um a part of the reason is because we actually wanted it to be uh informational which is which includes me talking a lot throughout the video and and offering little uh nuances and things to look for and pay attention to uh versus you know a lot of uh, a lot of the forging content out there is kind of more like almost kind of like visual ASMR. Um, it's, you know, there's not a lot of teaching in it, but it's visually engaging um, and mm. really like beautiful photography, like especially like Alex stuff, Alex stuff. And you can definitely, if you know, if you already have like a foothold in knife making or blacksmithing and you have some skill, you can definitely learn a lot by watching. Uh, but it's not necessarily geared towards education. It's, it's definitely more, uh, towards kind of like, uh, entertainment yeah, and escapism. He doesn't want to teach you shit. He wants to keep that shit close to he the He sure as shit does want to teach you. He's got a blacksmithing course on his website. Not on his YouTube though. He wants oh, to, no, you know, no. he, yeah, he wants his, he's not going to, you're not going to watch his Zweilander thing and make a Zweilander or whatever the hell that is. You know, he wants to. Zweihander. Okay. Okay. Thank <laughs> it's you. two hands. It's Thank German. You, Thank you, Professor. I'm just saying that he, well, I love the fact that he keeps his notes to his vest. Good for but you. But you know what? Do you know what? We're, we're all going to have to hang up our cameras. Do you know who's been camera shopping this week? Oh. Mr. Nick Wheeler. Mr. Nick Wheeler has bought a new camera ready for more YouTube videos. So we, may as, we may as well all just throw away our SD cards and yeah. burn our cameras. The best. The best in the biz. Yes. Best doesn't get much more. Doesn't get much better than Nick Wheeler videos. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been asking questions about cameras and so on, ready to put more content up. So yeah, if you if you don't follow Nick Wheeler already on uh, YouTube, uh, go check out his videos. They're very very good. Nobody's made yeah. me accidentally spend more money than Nick Wheeler. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. I have spent more money after watching his videos than anything anybody. And what 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 have you bought? Oh, disc grinder, disc grinder, grinders. You know all this stuff. Uh, I'm just like the disc grinder was like I watched the Nick. I was like, oh, maybe I need a disc grinder. Let me watch this Nick Wheeler video. <sighs> get get the goddamn <laughs> disc grinder. And it was a good decision. Thanks, Dick. No regrets. Thanks, no regrets. I'm <laughs> just telling you, he's cracked open my he cracked open my wallet faster than anybody else. Nice. But uh, <laughs> nice. going back Let to the videos, I, I plan we're getting ready to. Uh, I have all the video for the S grinding stuff. And so that's going to be the next series that we put out. Cool. Cool. And when, when will that be the S grind stuff? So that, that's going to be a bit more sort of from basic to, you know, past intermediate to a bit expert stuff now, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think I might've said it last week, but I realized contact, when I contact us, hey, man, shit, shit, shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I put my cup of tea down on top of the buttons. <laughs> what an you amateur. put your tea on your mixer. You're crazy. Yes, yeah. I wasn't watching. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. No, no. This, is what the, this is what they're looking for on the Makery Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> this level of professionality. Yeah, yeah. It's called authenticity. Yeah, authenticity. No. Exact keeping it real. That's keeping what we're keeping doing. Keeping it real. Uh yeah, no, no I, I realized sure. when I did the uh the first series, the uh the blacksmith bench knife, I was, you know, after I finished taking all the videos, like, oh my god, I'm so dumb. Like there's a lot of uh, like introductory style blacksmithing and bladesmithing stuff out there already. I was like, I, I realized that people are looking more to me for kind of some of the weird stuff that I do that nobody else really does or, or very few people are really sharing or talking about. Um, so that's when I just 
I just jumped straight to the escrow. I was like, all right, I guess the next thing we're doing is the escrow then. Um, and I still plan on putting out some newer or kind of redoing all of my, uh, what is it? Pattern Wilded Wednesday posts um, and putting those up on YouTube as well so that they are more searchable. Because right now on my Instagram feed, they're buried. Actually, somebody yeah. asked me, uh, Robert George, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He asked me a question about one of the patterns. And I'm like, I don't even know what part of the pattern he's talking about. I don't know where that's at on my feed. So I couldn't really answer his question. So I got to get back to him. Uh, I just got to do some digging. But uh, that's one of the things that I'm just like, ah, oh, man, you that's gotta a good do digging. Like, pe- you got to do the digging. Yeah. Come on, man. He could do it. I've got to do that. You put it out there. You put it out there. Hey. You just got to like, he got to. You know, trying to be helpful. Know. I be know helpful, you're trying right, to be helpful. Jeff? I, you know what? But being helpful to a extent, you know, some of these guys is like, <laughs> you know, I mean, geez. You do a little bit of work, you know? Watch this. <laughs> no, he's, his shit. <laughs> no, he's doing work. He's actually in the middle of forging stuff out. Oh. Um, and then he's, but he's hit a, a, a spot where he's just stuck and he, he doesn't know where he's supposed to go next. So anyways, so uh, the pattern metal Wednesday, get that out there. So that's more, uh, you know, like I said, searchable and, and it can be a better resource for people and, and, and just others like probably do a more in-depth sharpening and how I stone sharpen knives. Uh, I kind of touch base on how I machine sharpen, but. Uh, stone sharpening is it is, is something i don't i haven't really shown or talked about and it's not like i do it uh too anything too crazy but uh what i do is pretty damn effective and you just never know who you know people learn in so many different ways um you just never know um when it's finally going to click for somebody a certain way or approach that's going to make a huge difference um in how they make their knives so yeah i'm pumped for it the, es- the escrowing stuff and the stone sharpening it would be yeah, that is like perfect content for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's get on with um, the main bit of the show. So we try to answer people's questions. So if you've got a question, contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's but, that easy. But this is the bit of the show that we like to call. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? And we'll take the first question, which is from C uh, Rose Knife Works. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? I'm getting my $1,200 check soon, and I want to spend it on people making hammers and other forging tools, or maybe even a new forge or press. Could you guys name a handful of makers you would, who you like who need help keeping business up during the craziness that is right now? And if you guys don't have a huge list, would you maybe ask everyone who listens to name pers- person, people that they think fit that profile? Thank you, and I hope you're all keeping his health and safety. So this guy's getting his $1,200 check, and he wants to sort of help the community by buying stuff from them. Really nice thing to do. But Super nice. What it, What is this $1,200 check? Is this thing that all Americans are getting? What, what is it? Yeah. Well, no, taxpayers. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a ta- people who have been paying their taxes are going to get a stimulus check from the government or have gotten it. <laughs> Except for for there are uh, there are some dead people who've been getting checks, people who uh, temporarily worked in the United States. (laughs) No, no, they're sending. They're just sending them out. (laughs) I don't know. There's some weird craziness. It's not. You have to apply for it. So whoever's doing that is doing it illegally. But I mean, you got to. We had to apply to do apply for it. So it's not just like (laughs) they're just cutting checks and shooting them out out of a check gun. You know, mm. but that's cool. But, uh, that's, yeah. that's helping people out in times of you know in I times mean, of need. Not, that, that's clearly cool. not a, It's clearly not enough. I mean, you know, well, three months. You're out of business for three months, and and then you got to pay your bills with you know twelve hundred dollars a person. 
it's kind of for three months. It's not really yeah. not <laughs> putting a dent in your mortgage or your rent. It's better better than a kick in the balls. Well, of course. I mean, most things are, <laughs> most most things are better than a kick in a ball in the balls. Yes. Uh, unless you're into that kind of thing. But anyway, this twelve hundred dollar check. Um, <laughs> where should he put it? Where should he put it? He's asking for makers and so on. What you think um, could could need the business in this time? Any ideas? In my opinion, I think hammers is really like those kind of hammers and tongs, those tools that you're going to use throughout your entire career. I think that's the best place to me that you're going to put your, put your money. Well, name off a couple guys. Yeah. Name, right. name a couple of hammer makers, tongue makers. Well, so there's quick and dirty, a tool company. That's Annie Blanks, Blanksley. Uh, he's actually here in Washington. There's also Jake. Uh, so he makes a great array of tongs, all kinds of stuff. And he actually has some bladesmith specific tongs for holding bar stock and, and whatnot. Uh, then there's Jake Farum, uh, who is a phenomenal hammer, hammer maker. Uh, he's actually also here in Washington, a little farther North from me. Uh, and then there's Sam Cobb, who's a hilltop, uh, forge who, who made my dog head hammer that I absolutely love. Uh, and I believe he's over in Ohio. Uh, sorry, Sam, if I'm getting that twisted, but, uh, off the, those are the, the few people off the top of my head that I can think of that I would definitely want to go spend some money with. Um, if I was ready and raring to, to blast out that $1,200 check. I just got an awesome hammer from Ben Snur. He makes great farrier style hammers. Uh, Sorry, it's Ben's cows again. <laughs> uh, Cliff <laughs> Dufton and, and uh, Sunset Forge. I, I, I love the hammers from them. Um, there's a lot of great hammer makers and, t- and tong makers. Uh, you can also, if you need a pair of tongs, um, you can definitely go to Blacksmith Depot. It's a great way to, to get some very inexpensive tongs and you can load up on them. Um, trying to think about other hammer makers off the top of my head. I, that, that we, we've hit, we've hit the, all of the people that we kind of deal with, but they're, you know, it's, it's great to be able to spend money on. I mean, I've bought stuff from friends of mine recently, especially when this was all coming down. So I understand it and I appreciate it. I, I, uh, yeah. I got some things for some knife maker friends of mine, hammer maker friends of mine, just out of the thought of, if not now, I mean, this is a good time to, you know, move the move money around. Yeah. Mm. Bill Banky's file guides would be another good investment. Very good investment. Very good. If if you're not making Damascus, hit up Bob Rankin. Bob Rankin for sure. He'll take care of you. Very good. Yeah, definitely. These are all good things. I think that's it. And listen, right, guys, if, if you're listening, don't go um, hammering C Rose Knife Works with, uh, hey, look at my work, buy my work, buy my work, buy my work. Yeah, seriously. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, you just like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you just like, if you're looking for a hammer, I make pretty good hammers. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. All right. This next one is from Dave Vader Knives. He says, is there such a thing as too much knife slash social media promotion? Can it hurt your brand? Hmm. Uh-huh. Good question. So basically asking, like, is it is it possible to, yeah, just put too much stuff out there or post too frequently, I guess? What do you guys think about that? I think everybody's going to think differently on this. But personally, I think if you're doing a good job of it, let's say your, I don't know, your photographs are really well done um, and, you know, you're, or maybe you're a really good writer and you've got a bit of a story to go with these posts, um, 
no, I think if if you can churn those out and, and they're always good quality, great. But I think, and I don't necessarily mean the work of the knife. I mean your, your presentation skills. Um, you can have the greatest knife, but if, if if you present it really really badly and you keep hammering this on a feed, that for me that's one thing where I just I just I just got no time for, and I'd sort of unfollow people who just, you know, just keep putting up lots of work all of the time and i said it gets to the point where you're not even looking at the work you're just looking at the presentation what they've done and you just think oh man really again um so mm-hmm. the, i mean that's 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 my thing i you know I, I like people to you know put a bit of thought into their posts rather than just you know throwing stuff on their feed um that's that's my thing and i think that could that could really hurt your brand if, if you're not showing any sort of care and thought into what you're putting up there I just think you know they really put in this care and thought into into their work too, um, but that's just me. I don't, you guys may think differently. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I think that I think it's important to be just conscious of what you're doing. I think that when you overdo it, like four, five, or six a day, it's just like, please give me a breath. I don't, I don't you know, and you're you're not focusing the people who are looking at you. I I think that I try to be as careful as possible. The other thing is, is when I look at I don't just look at my picture. I look at my whole thumbnail. So then I look at all of them together and how they kind of create a difference and how you see it, mm. uh, whether or not someone's going to follow you or not can be like, oh, well, every single one isn't exactly the same. So it's not just this barrage of the same thing over and over again. So I kind of like, I think about the colors and the background every so often. And I like, I, you know, the joke, everybody says, I don't like, you know, they, I don't like hand picks. And I'll tell you why it's because I think it's a terrible sales tool. A lot of times people will take, and it was a joke in the beginning. It still is a joke, but for some reason, everyone seems to think I'm like, oh God, another hand pick. I'm going to kill myself. And that's not really the case. <laughs> what it is, is I, you know, a couple guys do it great. And then a lot of people start doing it and then, you know, you get band-aids on and you're just disgusting hands. And, and really what it comes down to is, is like, if you have a customer, you know, maybe your customer isn't, maybe your customer is like some, you know, some person who's just like, ugh. A beautiful knife, but ugh, I don't want that band-aid touching my knife. It's just like it gets a little bit like, yeah. I stay away from that. And the other thing is I have terrible hands. But it doesn't bother me if you do it. Go ahead, feel free, knock yourself out. I'm just saying it it's not helping your cause, nor is, you know, being too political and doing a lot yeah. of these kind of bullshit memes that, you know, you're you're alienating a lot of your 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 potential customers if you really want to look at it. A lot of a lot of people look at social media as in their it's their uncontrolled id. It's the you're able to be as you know the, you're creating this person that you are, and you feel that the the need to express yourself. But the problem is sometimes you guys are expressing yourself too much, and you're 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 shooing away your your potential audience. Mm. You know, it's interesting what you said there about looking at your whole feed. Um, and trying to mix things up so that they're not all the same. Um, I actually do the the complete opposite. So what I like to try and do is so everything that I post to my feed, not my stories, that's my my feed. I like them all to have a similar sort of style. Um, so most of my stuff has just that completely plain white background. So I'd like to think as mm-hmm. people are going through their feed, they go, "Oh, that's one of that's a chop knives picture," you know, right. before they even see the work. Right. Um, and it's just a different approach of doing it. And then I think. Anything that doesn't fit that sort of aesthetic, I generally put in my stories because I know they'll disappear. Right. You know, but you, you, like, you're right. You've got to think, you know, if you're a potential customer, you're maybe going to go to the feed and you're going to, you're going to see, you know, out of context, you're going to see this big bunch of, of thumbnails. Yeah. No, I, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not just going like, wow, every single one's wacky. I'm just being very, I mean, all my pictures are very, 
there's a there's a, a, a there's a quality to them all that has this you know, a connection. There's a connection with yeah, all the way yeah. the lighting is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like maybe the background's a little different. I just I just don't want every single one to be drowned out, and I see it more like a mosaic of of, of tiles and and you know not putting two the same color together and just trying to like create. You know, I, I try to be thoughtful about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Giving it thought to how the, the overall picture will look. Yeah, right. What about you, then, right? You asked the question, but what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's basically the same as what you guys are saying. It, it you shouldn't just post, or one shouldn't just post just to post, just to get it out there, um, because just as you're saying, you know, if the if the content isn't engaging enough, people are going to kind of when they're seeing your posts and it's, you know, it's either not a very well thought out photograph or, 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 inf- or video or whatever it is. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think there are a lot of people who post just to post because they think a frequency of posting is important. But I, I think what's more important is, um, and, and actually what Instagram's algorithms are looking at is what are people engaged with? What are they actually stopping and looking at? What are they actually stopping and reading? Um, I think if you can post even just a little bit less, um, and, and not too few because I, and, and I'm, definitely guilty of this because i'm my posts have been so infrequent over the last fucking two months three months whatever but anyways uh uh post less or at least when you are po- or post whatever but whatever you're posting post something that is engaging that's gonna engage your audience uh that is informational entertaining very visually interesting um, but give people a reason to stop because it's so easy to just swipe up and scroll through the feed at breakneck speed and then like for me often the things that usually stop me <laughs> are usually uh like travel uh things that i fall uh uh, accounts that I follow that are like, you know, like Conde Nast has a really great uh, channel or page that I follow. And there's beautiful, uh, like Tuscany, uh, uh, you know, scenery or, or some awesome looking food. Those are the things that usually stop me. And then, and when it comes to knife makers, it's stuff that is unusual or, or a close up on something that I don't normally ever get to see. And that's when I stop and I'm like, Oh, what's that? Um, so I don't know. I think that would be my advice about posting. Don't necessarily post for for frequency, for quantity, but post for quality. Yeah, yeah, it can definitely hurt your brand if you're if you're putting up yeah dodgy photos all of the time, without doubt. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Laramie Jackson. Knife tattoos? Do you have any? Want any? Or know someone who does have any? Like Jason Knight and his Kirkery? Kukri, sorry. <laughs> you guys have any tattoos? Did Jason Knight have, have, have a tattoo of his own knife? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's true. Um, what's, no, what's I, wrong I, with that? I don't. No, no. There's not I mean, just one. Does he? Does he? What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing is wrong sure. with that. No, there's nothing you, wrong with that. What are we getting at here, huh? I'm, I'm just. I'm simply asking. Does Jason Knight have a picture of his own knife? Clearly, they got Miami Jackson just said he did. Okay. You, okay. Is, is this some sort of inquisition? <laughs> What's going? On? I, 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 I'm just kidding around because I actually have a funny story. I have, <clears throat> I have a couple of my knives tattooed on me, and it was really kind of by accident. Um, I had a, the kid who designed my logo. 
uh, fader. You don't get out of it by saying it was by accident. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Was was I'm telling. I'm gonna, I mean, you want honesty? I'll give you honesty. It wasn't. I wasn't going out saying I need someone to tattoo my knife on me. It was the kid who did my tattoo for the kid who designed my logo for Fader Knives and who just uh, did the Full Blast podcast logo. Is this great kid Dean uh, Violente? I've known this kid since he was in, in high school. I was curating an art show, and he was such a talented kid. I brought him in at 16, and he's just such a talented kid. And I helped him get a job at Speakeasy Tattoo, and he'd be, you know, now he's a big mocker in the in New York tattoo scene. He's a great kid. So when he was learning how to do it, I guess when you learn how to do tattoos, um, you know, you do it on yourself, or, you know, you give freebies to people for you to practice on. And he said to me, he's like, do you think that I could, you know, would you be interested in being guinea pig for me? And I was like, you know what? He's a good kid. I got plenty of tattoos. I'll put it somewhere weird or, or I won't see it. Yeah, sure. No problem. So he, he said uh, he wanted to tattoo my logo on my arm. So I said, okay, no problem. And I was like, I wanted to, sh you know, show some, um, you know, I wanted to show some support for this kid. He's a good, great kid, super talented. And he needed some guinea pigs. So I, so I show up and, he, and he, he's so fucking nervous. This was his fifth tattoo. And he did it on my inside of my arm, and I swear to God, it was, I was in such pain, and I couldn't move because it was, every time I moved, he, I, if I jumped, he'd be like, "Are you okay? Are, are you okay? Did I hurt you?" It's a terrible place for a tattoo, but and it hurt like hell. But I was very, you know, I wanted to be supportive of this kid, and it was, and that was really it. So, and then I got another one of his guy, one of the guys from Speakeasy, did another tattoo of a knife on my hand, cutting a lemon or a lime or an orange, something like that. <laughs> Right. Mareko, any tattoos? Uh, I don't have any. Well, I mean, not of my own knives. Definitely not. Um, no. I, although I do have friends who feel... Because, uh, like, Bob Kramer has had... I don't know how many different people get his knife tattooed. And so it's like this... I feel like it's this uh, kind of unspoken sense of, like, oh, I made it because somebody got my knife hmm. tattooed yeah. on me. Oh, but. Good story. Don Wins. I've seen Don Wins knife tattooed on a few different people, and his knives are great for it because they're very geometric and in form, and they actually end up looking really nice. I think the ones that the tattoos I've seen that don't necessarily aren't necessarily the greatest are the ones with the kind of more organic flowing lines, and um, and it's just I don't know it's something about the way it lays across the arm or whatever. Um, sometimes it just does not. <laughs> it doesn't I, work out very well. I got, um, good, I got a couple of good stories. Number one, the person who gets the best knife tattoos uh, is Tomer. People who get his knife, his uh, Florentine kitchen knives tattooed on them, they're unbelievable. I wish he'd just post, Tomer, if you're listening, post all the people's tattoos that they've made of your knife. They're all good. I oh, got, nice. I got a guy who, got, who's, who, got, who just plucked something off my page. He brought it to a guy, and he sent the picture to me, and this fucking thing is terrible. And I wanted to say oh, to him, shit. I wanted to say to him, like, dude, all you had to do, I would have sent you the drawing. I would have sent you the drawing. I swear to God. But it was, he, was, he was nice, and he's this good kid from somewhere in the world. But I was just like, oh, man, just fucking I, I had a guy, who, uh, a guy, a friend of Carl Ruiz, who uh, wanted me to get, send him a, a, uh, the outline of the Cuban knife, and I did that for him. I was like, thank you. Because I'm happy to do that because I had a couple guys who did it. Just like, please come to me. I will draw that. I will draw the outline for you. But this one guy, oh my god, 
this is so bad. This is so, I mean, I can't. I don't want to go far. Far. Away. I was just like, God damn! I can't believe you did that. It's horrible. So I need to work harder. I need more. I need somebody to have uh, one of my knives tattooed on. Yeah. I need to work much harder. I, I got like three, three different people. Wow. Yeah. It's weird. It's odd. Mm. It's definitely odd. <laughs> but when they're bad, it's even better. You know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're gonna be worse. Yeah. I got. I got. Um, yeah, I got another one. You got. I'll tell you one more. I had a guy who has uh, the Statue of Liberty. And the face mm-hmm. is the Statue of Liberty is Marilyn Monroe. And then instead of holding the torch, she's holding my knife. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he got it before. Marilyn Monroe, he, dressed as the Statue of yep. Liberty, holding your and knife in the air. He got it before he picked the knife up. He wanted to have it done. So when he came to pick it up, he could show me. He was, he was very proud of it. I, I was happy for him. He loved it. That's good enough for me. Big dude, too. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Well, people do what they like. I'm with you. Whatever makes you happy. Okay, let's move on. Um, tip. Actually, does somebody else want to take this one? Because it would be a bit weird if I read it, I think. Okay. Uh, Tim King Ford says, I'm so down for a live feed tour of Craig's Mystery Mansion. Uh, Australia <laughs> as a country is only 250 years old, so it blows my mind how old Craig's house is. Uh, at Dan Peterson says, um, you know what you should do? Get a metal detector and find a treasure trove that for sure is somewhere in that on that property. Yeah, people really identified with your stories of your creepy old house. They did, particularly the Americans and Australians. I had lots of DMs. People yeah. wanted to know more. Um, yeah, it, I mean, there's not much to say. The house is, um, we think, 16, well, we know for sure it was here in the 1600s, um, but we have found coins here in the house that were dated 1400. And then, oh, wow. they're like, they're stamped like copper coins, like almost like hand stamped. Um, and they would have been the currency at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't know much more than that. As I've talked in the past, I think in the last episode about how it was used as a hospital during the second world war. Um, yeah. And aside from that, we don't really know that much. Um, it'd be a pretty boring tour. <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing to see. So we're, we're in the middle of renovations. Um, and just this week we, we've been able to sort of get back to it. So we've got a builder in, um, who's been in every year this week and he's coming in next week as well. So we're getting more stuff done. Um, but it's just one that the house is so old and, you know, it, it, you know, it predates electricity and houses and gas and even, even, you know, sanitary stuff such as, you know, flushing toilets, it predates all of them plumbing. Um, so all that has been bolted on, you know, over time. So yeah, it's, it's just been a lot, a lot of work. Um, but yeah, honestly, at all, wouldn't, uh, be very interesting. Uh, regards to a, a metal detector, um, our basement, um, the floor of the basement is just literally the earth. Um, and even just running your fingers over the earth, you, you're finding things that are like really old bottles and things like that. Oh, um, wow. And I'm sure we'll we'll find the time one day to you know to have a proper a proper sort of rummage around. But uh, we've just got so much to do, and there's yeah, we don't really have the time to to delve into it more. But I'd love to, and I'm sure we will do in the future. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Here we go. Jeff, tell me a bit about your grinder. Can I tell you something? Broadbeck Ironworks makes an awesome grinder, and I got a call from Vince. Vince Molina calls me every every other week. Us unbelievable guy, and he told me. 
that Knife Talk is the number one sales platform for Broadback Ironworks. So you guys, the listeners, are doing a great job. And you're doing such a great job that Ryan Broadback has made an incredible announcement. He was he business has been so good that he's been able to quit his day job and focus on Broadback Ironworks completely, 100%. Gives it his full experience. Congratulations, Ryan. You put out a great product. I love this grinder. They got a hold of me a few months ago and then got me got one of my hands to ask me what I thought. It's an awesome 2x72 grinder. It's an it's a grinder for knife makers by knife makers. And it comes together and you put it together in parts. The shipping is included, so they're not nickel and diming you for the shipping. Uh, it goes uh, vertical and horizontal. It's got an extra long platen. All the attachments are fit on the slack belt arm, so you don't have a pile of arms. Uh, they're working on these new. Uh, they just posted. I think Vince just posted um, the the uh, prototype of their surface grinder attachment. He was talking to me about that. It looks awesome. Uh, they're doing a lot of really interesting things, and they're using their experience as knife makers to make this grinder more efficient for you. So they know what you, your problems are with your grinders, and they're trying to take those away in theirs. So go to Broadback Ironworks. Follow them on Instagram. Go to BroadbackIronworks.com. Put in Knife Talk 5, and you get 5% off on your grinder. So congratulations, guys. You're doing great. Uh, there's a lot of big things coming down the pipe, new, new attachments, like, the besides the surface grinder attachment, um, the, uh, there's going to be an attachment for, uh, grinding in, uh, integrals. Uh, it's, they're just a good bunch of dudes. It's a American made product and they're really working hard to create this, you know, small business. And I'm very, very proud to be a part of that. Cool. Cool. Nice. Broadbackironworks.com. And remember to use the promo code knife talk five. Okay, let's get back to some questions. The The next one is from Tana Clements. Um, says, hi, so I just wanted to send you this message because I just had to extend my thanks. Your show has really opened my eyes to the world of knife making and really just how to make a go at making a living with something that I love. I'm an amateur blacksmith bladesmith and I worked for about nine months in a hot rod shop as a fabricator. I love to create things with my hands, especially if it's with metal. So thank you very much for helping me see... Oh, man, this isn't a question. You, They're helping me see just how. When sure, you said sure. hot rod shop, it's not hot yeah. rod. That's why I could hear. Mar I was like, eh, it's, not the, it's a hot rod shop. But you, the way you said it was hot like rod. when you're working in your hot rod shop. It's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I heard him giggle. I was like, yeah, it's yeah, right. It's a hot rod shop. Yeah, hot, hot rod. Hot rods. There you go. Hot rods. Okay. So thank you so much for helping me see just how other people are out there that share the passion. I was stoked when I saw you guys follow me back. And he says, I'm a recco. I'd love to talk Lord of the Rings with you someday, man. Thank you. You guys rock. Tanner. So that's Tanner yeah. Clements. Well, let's go back here. Marekko, are you into Lord of the Rings? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I love the stories. Um, and the movies were great. Um, I don't know. I'm not, like, really deep into it. But... <laughs> I don't even know where Come this on. is coming from. Actually. He wants to. He, he wants to have a. He wants to have a, a book club party with you. I, I feel like I know more about Harry Potter and the Game of Thrones than, than I do Lord Lord of the Rings. All right, well, there you go. Well, sorry, Tanner. <laughs> Knife Talk Book Club. Can you imagine? Yeah, you can just count yeah. me out. <laughs> count It'd be an me. audio book club. Count me yeah. out. It'd be Jeff discussing Razzle. <laughs> What's Razzle? <laughs> What's Razzle? Razzle was like some seventies porn magazine. <laughs> 
what the fuck are we talking about? I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I just said it before I thought. It just, oh, it just came to yeah, me. that's the best part about this podcast. That's so funny. <laughs> There's no thinking involved. Oh, speaking of speaking of <laughs> speaking of funny, I gotta just bring up this funny thing. Is I uh we I, every so often Craig has gotten me a fucking obsessed with this goddamn, you know, to see the charting of all these podcasts, and I was looking at it every morning. God, it's just like. Ugh. So I, I always check to see what we're, how we're doing, and the, the great thing is, and thank you to our listeners because we're we're growing exponentially on every particular point of the week. And I was looking at different countries, and I noticed, hey, look, we're number one in the United Arab Emirates. That's amazing. In 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 under leisure and hobbies. And then I was looking around, and I saw, oh, look, we're number eight in Saudi Arabia in the leisure ha- uh the leisure slash um, hobbies unit. And I noticed that we were below the My Little Pony Talk. And I was like, My Little Pony Talk? What the fuck? My Little Pony Talk. So then I look at what is going on with My Little Pony. And then I posted about it. And everyone's just like, what the fuck? What's a My Little Pony? What the fuck is that about? And I'm like, I bet I, I might have had a drink or two. And I posted it up. And I started looking into My Little Pony Talk. And I was like, I got to see what the big deal is. I mean, this is crazy. How come this is number of like four in, in all of Saudi Arabia hobbies? And it's like a podcast for like, I guess it's for like men. And they like to, they, they're called bronies. I don't know if you've ever heard of what a brony is. Mareko, have you heard of a brony? I've heard of a jabroni. No, no. A brony is <laughs> usually men who like My Little Pony. They like the TV show. They like the dolls. They get together. So there was this, I guess there's a lot of bronies, <laughs> My Little Pony fans. So I was like, all right, well, I got to find out. I got to listen to the first episode. And it was bad. It was real bad. And what did you expect? Well, I couldn't get through five minutes. <laughs> of it. Dude, it, was like, <laughs> it wasn't dudes. It was like these high pitched, like, ah, this, my welcome to My Little Pony. The, the best part was, so I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck? How come this is number fucking four in Saudi Arabia? Then I look at the, the comments. People are blown. They're screaming at these people. These long, lit. Oh, you know, you've been doing this for three years and the audio is no good. And you talk about Generation 2, My Little Pony. When you know we're on Generation 3 by now. And who wants to listen to this? There's 10 different to My Little Pony. And I was like, oh, my God. And they, they're beating the brains out of the people of My Little Pony talk on the comments. I felt so guilty. And then I started looking at what the guys on the, our Knife Talk fans are listening to. And I was like, I got to pull this down. We can't, I can't, I can't be a part of like, you know, the knife guys are after the My Little Pony people. That's, that's, we can't have that in our lives. So I felt yeah. guilty. I felt very guilty. I felt very guilty for the poor little My Little Pony contest. But it was funny. It was funny because it was My Little Pony. It's even funnier the fact that this particular episode is two years old, a year and a half old. They're whipping our ass. And the, the podcast is like a year old. Like that last episode is a, from a year ago and they're still whipping our ass. They must have had some press or something pushing that out. Well, it's I guess it's big in India, Indonesia. They love those ponies. What can you say? Mm. You know? The My Little Pony in France is like a restaurant show. (laughs) It is, yeah. It's a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) My Little Pony's on the menu. That's in France. Uh, I just had to bring that up. So God bless Lord of the Rings and My Little Pony. There we go. 
All right. This next one is from Drek Metal. It says, I have a really hard time forging the heel down for an integral bolster. I know I have plenty of material, but somehow always end up shorter than two inches. Please, please advise and thanks. What do you oh, have, nice Jeff? Questions. Give, them, give them hell. Give them hell. Start in. <laughs> You're the uh, bolster man. Yeah. So, my. So. Because I'm making my own Damascus, uh, I kind of start with a chunk of steel that's a little irregular. So it's about, at the very minimum, it's five-eighths of an inch thick by about one and a half inches wide and however long for the size of knife I need. Usually around three, three and a half inches. Um, so I'm already starting with some of that height. I'm starting at one and a half inches. So that means I only have to draw it down another half inch to get at least two inches minimum. Uh, but I'm usually shooting for two and a quarter. Um, and so I, I found that the key for me after isolating the bolster and starting to draw the blade down before it gets too thin at around a three quarter or yeah, sorry, not three quarters of an inch, but a quarter of an inch or just over a quarter of an inch, maybe five sixteenths of an inch, I start focusing on the heel and I'm not using the whole face of the hammer, whether it's my hand hammer or a power hammer. Um, I'm just using kind of the corner or even on my press. I actually, I use my press to help with the gross, like gross movement and adjustment. And I'm just using the corner of the dies. I'm not using the whole face of the die because I want to really focus that force in that small area. And that will cause it to displace and squish out pretty dramatically. Um, another thing that you can do is using your cross pin, um, or angle pin, whichever you have on hand, but use that to also help kind of directionally, uh, kind of force and move that steel and kind of spread it down. And that will really also, that will also really help kind of pull the heel down on the knife. Um, but you got to do it. I've, I've found that you got to do it sooner than later. Um, because then you just, if you do it too late, then you just don't have enough uh, material right there at the bolster to pull down that heel or, uh, and which causes, you know, the heel to be far in front of the bolster. Um, so if you do it sooner, that heel will be right underneath the bolster. If not, actually, sometimes uh, if you do it too early, you'll end up spreading that material and drawing that material down behind the bolster, which is not necessarily the worst thing. It's kind of, more than anything, it's just kind of a waste of material unless you figure out a smart way to make use of it. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. That's A lot that's of times of. when people, especially they're starting out, they're buying the material that they can get. In a lot of places, like the New Jersey Steel Baron or wherever you get your metal, sure. you're buying the knife steel in a specific size. So a lot of people get right. it in an inch size material. So if you're getting inch material and then you're cutting it down to a four inch piece. You're not, you're starting out with just start forging with the stock you have. And what you can do is and what, one of the things that I learned, I know what you're talking about because I was forging a lot of uh, integrals out of one inch blade. You don't have, you, it's, it, you got to like really be conservative in order to make a two inch, you know, a two inch heel. You can upset that material to give it, get, move that material back. So you have yeah. enough material for your, for your, uh, your heel a lot of times that's the issue is people start out with what they get and you don't you don't normally see you know inch and a quarter round 
you know, inch right. and a half round. It's not very easily available. So you might have to make it like that. So maybe, yeah. you know, upsetting it. And even if you don't, have, you don't have a power hammer or something like that, upsetting it to the point where, you know, you could, you could in theory, and I've done it a couple times is I'll, I've actually to try to make that material, uh, I'll, uh, make the, I'll make the tang and then I'll make it to the size of my uh, pritchel hole and then I'll just heat it up, put the tang into the hip pritchel hole and then with a big hammer, I'm driving it down to to upset that material so I end up with a, my starting material is much bigger than that inch that I started with. Does that make sense? Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. And um, yeah, and another thing I've seen people do with, especially large, starting from like you're saying, either like one inch round or one inch square is just they'll smash it down um, or or to a certain point and then start spreading it. And it'll just look like, you know, your straight stock and then it just spreads out in both directions. But what then what they'll do is they'll drive, they'll decide to make one side or the other the spine and then they'll just set it on the edge of the anvil and start driving it down right um and that will help align the spine of the knife with the uh with the the bar stock uh the parent stock and then you can kind of start forming that mushed out piece of uh, like out on the blade you for start forming that into a blade shape and the way you're moving it so so what Mareko is saying is is your 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 material that the there's not a spine and a blade you have like this almost like a spear like a spear yeah. and what they're doing is you take the, the knife heat it up and then you put the bolster on the anvil side and then you hang off the rest of it and then you're driving down the material on the other side of the anvil so then your right. bolster starts to move up and then all of a sudden you create the spine. That's a black, that's a good blacksmith trick. Yeah. yeah it's always the material. It's always the starting material. Like I, I learned that from when Mareko came down here. Yeah. He, he showed me, I, he, I got his poster here that he made a long time ago. And his, well, he's starting with a rectangle instead of just like a bar. So you're getting yeah. that rectangle. You get that, you get that jump start on that heel. I think we put Craig to sleep. Right, you brony, you? Are you still there? <laughs> you, you guys talking knives? Oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> wake up, my wake up. What is her? What is her name? Cutesy star. One of those. You know what their names are. Never mind. No, I have you. no idea. Rainbow yeah. pony or something. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rough cut knives asks, uh, what technique do you use to assemble a multi-part scales? Um, epoxy, superglue, lateral pins, um, and do you clamp it to a board or just to itself? So uh, multi-part scales. Um, generally, my, the scales that I do, when, it, when you say multi-part, they have a liner as opposed to like um, separate parts, if you know what I mean. You know, the, the, the actual handle is one part and then there's a, there's a liner sort of sandwiched. Um, I used to use things like I-beams and things like that and, and just clamp them to them. Um, but now, because I do such big batches, I was finding that, you know, I'd need, you know, eight foot of I-beam, which would be quite heavy to move around the shop. So I just use like a, uh, like a composite like chipboard, you know, like inch thick chipboard. Um, I got one about probably eight or nine foot, which I can clamp to the side of my bench. So it's out of the way. And I just line that with uh, like a parchment paper or a like greaseproof paper or, you know, that sort of liner paper that people bake with. Line it with that. Um, I use epoxy. Um, so first of all, I, I'd rough up the, um, I use G10 or Perspex or acrylic as my, as my liner. I'd rough them up, rough up the the scale as well. 
put them together, just, you know, just hand squeeze them, um, put the uh, the liner down onto the parchment paper. Um, I then have pieces of HDPE, which were rolled like chopping board, which, I, which I've cut up to be roughly the same size as the handle, which I'll then put on top. So when I clamp that down, really lightly clamp, I'm not, you know, I'm not squeezing the hell out of it. Um, I know that the pressure is is distributed evenly, um, and I can do maybe a dozen or so sort of sets all at once, and do one big glue up of a bunch all at once. Um, but yeah, I mean, you probably don't need that HDPE on top. Um, just clamps on top of the, uh, the handle would probably be fine. It may be overkill, but um, yeah, that's all I do. Pretty simple, really. Sounds good to me. I mean. <laughs> I sometimes if I do multi sometimes I'll do um a knife I just did one I sent out uh and it's going to it's got a the bolster or the ferrule the bolster the ferrule whatever is is um is uh carbon fiber and what I'll do is to to line them up I'll I'll use a piece of aluminum like a I I have a lot of um yardsticks aluminum yardsticks and i'll clamp them down on the aluminum and i'll have the aluminum in a vise and the, the aluminum is good too because when it's all done you just kind of flex the aluminum and it kind of pops off so i don't have to worry about like things sticking together and i just make sure that i use i like i like using um epoxy because you get a little bit of time if you know when you put the the, the clamps down a lot of times i like the little tiny c clamps that's so there's you know there's gluck in that little uh the the um the the end that you twist so sometimes it'll twist your material out a little bit so i like to be able to have a little bit of time because crazy glue is kind of instantaneous um so i like a little bit of time so i can kind of clamp them together and push things together and you get a little bit of time i could i actually sometimes i put a vice to the from the top to the bottom so i can kind of squeeze them together to make sure there's a good liner uh good fit but for everything craig said i like that yeah, well, regarding glues, um, you just you said about crazy glues. Um, I'd never use that to attach scales or or liners. I find it way too sort of brittle, and it can easily sort of snap off if you know what I mean. Um, it, it doesn't seem to give that bond right. that a good epoxy would. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just said C clamps. I tend to use the uh, the little spring clamps. Right. You know, just those right. little spring clamps. Right. You can just they're not enough for me. I'm I'm a little bit. I get too nervous because once mm. once. I got something and it just, when I carved the knife out, there was just, I could just see there was like an air bubble in there or something like that. And and it was Mm. like, screwed the whole handle up. So I get, I get like, I get a little handsy. I like clamping that motherfucker down. (laughs) Uh, That's why I use the HDPE on top because it sort of evens out the, uh, the pressure. I know Aaron, Aaron Goff, uh, who was on this podcast is an awesome knife maker. Great dude. He actually, he would laminate all the G10 together into sheets. And then mm, he had a huge yeah. press. So then the, his, because uh, he uses a CNC machine, and then he would have all his liners, you know, so instead of one set of scales at a time, he's putting, like, all the sheets together, laminating them all, and then putting them in his, in his whatever CNC machine to cut everything out at the same time. Yeah, I think if you're doing that, I think you maybe need to machine the services first to make sure everything is super flat. Because quite often I've bought G- big G10 sheets, and occasionally there'll be like a little bubble or something in there. And if you were to use, you know, that, that full sheet to glue up, you're going to have, you know, the laminate the, the laminate would split almost. So, yeah, you just got to make sure if you're doing that, that everything is completely flat. And, yeah, you should be good to go. We, this time we put Mareko to sleep. 
Can you imagine? <laughs> I just don't yeah. do this stuff. I know. But I do fine. admire it. Nap time. You know who does? Who is it? Uh, ah, God damn it. It's our, our friends down in, what is it? Steve and his, Steve? You mean Nora No, not oh, Steve Schwartz. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, who, uh, Jesse Awesome. Who's that? Jesse Awesome. Her, her. Oh, 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 Bill Sharp. Yeah, yeah, Bill, yeah Sharp. Bill Sharp. Adam from Bill Sharp. They do an awesome. Adam, movie. God, I'm sorry. And his wife Jesse. If you listen, not Jesse. Yeah. It's oh, Jackie. Oh, Jackie. Jackie. Holy Jackie. shit. Yeah. Jackie Even is. worse. Oh, I I totally fucked it all up. Yeah. There you go with butchering names again. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do really phenomenal layups. I I love what they do. Yeah, they his really they were stuff. making p- paper paper uh, micarta one. Point, they still they? are. Yeah, they still are. Cool. So nice, nice. Okay, shall we move on? Barry Gardner says, uh, my humble thanks to you guys. A great... Uh, it, this sounds as if I'm just reading out all the glory what? posts. Well, I mean, <laughs> what's the big deal? Barry's a good dude. Go ahead. Okay, this is another glory post. Uh, lots of self-love yeah. happening here. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> my humble thanks to you guys at a great and informative show that has it all. Humor and dodgy Jeff, who is funny as fuck. And Mareko, who tries his best to keep you guys in line. I love listening to you guys... Love you. Cheers, Baz. Been blown away and touched on the support from the Australian knife makers offering help in many ways. For a cranky bastard, I've got people who want to help so much. So anyway, enough of that. Thanks from the bottom of my heart, guys. Cheers, Baz. And he's got three glasses of red wine there. As his, Baz, uh, a good dude. Super, super supportive. Thank you, Baz. Mm. Good dude. I, I I think we're more supportive of those Australian knife makers than that uh, knife talk down under. I, I really do think that we are. <laughs> um, yeah. That they're doing their thing. I love those Pockets guys. Of mad they're, shit. They're, they're great. They're great. <laughs> if you don't like, if you don't like, if you don't like what they're doing, you're crazy. I, I love, I love those guys. They got a thing going. They got a thing. They call it. They call. I, I, I think that if you're a fan of their show, you're, you're, you are called a cabbage. So he's, he's calling. <laughs> yeah, they, they say cabbage a lot. On they the call show, everybody yeah. cabbages. And then Mert likes the, 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 the motto of the show is "fuck you, Kev." You can't not like that. It's a great show. I don't, I don't know what those guys are great. Next question. Oh, the, the next one comes from Mario Dunkelberg. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? What advice would you give your younger self? Thanks for the great podcast. Stay safe. So if you could Jesus. go back in time, talk to your younger self, grab him by the lapels, shake him around a little bit and say something, what would you say? do everything take every opportunity given to you and don't think that you need to be stuck in a box of uh you know that's what you do for the rest of your life because i think that's what previous generations were taught um you know you usually hear that thing you know oh you got a job for life there and i'd think geez that sounds fucking terrible i don't want a job for life i want to i want to i want to taste the world i want to do everything so yeah, if I could tell myself, it would be um, don't put yourself in a box and don't feel guilty about it if you do want to do everything. That's uh, advice for young Craig. I love mm. it. Mareko, what would you tell young Mareko? Um, <laughs> that's a weird statement. Um, I would say, uh, I don't know, probably something to the effect of like, I, I used to carry this mindset, this uh, kind of this this misleading mindset that whatever you're good, you're just naturally good at things. It's you're either good at something or you're not. And I think I would tell my younger self that you can actually learn to become good at things. 
in general. And I don't know why or where this mindset came from. Um, but I just, I, uh, I guess it's, it's, I think it's typically referred to as a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Um, but I just thought that, yeah, like I said, you can, you can only do what you can do and that's it. Um, you can't, you know, and I always thought a perfect example would be like whenever we did sports, we always had some sort of conditioning and I always would be like, even though I was like in good shape and super athletic, I was always the last ass dragger on the field. And, and I, it wasn't until after I got, what was it? I, at one point in my life, my, my bicycle was my only form of transportation. And, um, you know, I was putting some serious miles on it, but I normally, my younger self would be like, oh, this fucking sucks. But there was some weird, like internal competitiveness within myself that I didn't know was there that absolutely loved it. And, and I can't, and I think part of it was I had this like crappy little like speedometer and timer thing that like was on my bike. And so it kept track of my speed and how long it took to go a certain distance and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and there was like this internal competitiveness that I didn't know. And I, and then I started using that towards other things, but it's always like those metrics. Um, I didn't realize how, uh, how competitive I was with myself until I started like seeing those metrics and trying to push myself, uh, even further. So I would say, um, yeah. So what are you telling your younger self? <laughs> I don't know. What are you telling your younger self? <laughs> no, no, no. You, just that I can learn to, you know, I'm, it, you know, you're not fixed in place with what you can or cannot do. You can learn new things. You can yeah. grow. And that's what it was. So I just had a stupid cool. story. No, that it, went along. Well, I didn't say about that, Jeff. I was, Sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean th- to put you asleep. I didn't, you didn't put me to sleep. I was listening. I was waiting for <laughs> there's somebody to be some sort of bike. going to tell us your, your, your younger self about something. No, that was just bicycling. an example. Oh, okay. No, I didn't example. put me to sleep. I'm with you 100%. I would tell my younger self, your looks are going to go, and that's the way it is. I mean, and <laughs> did you rely on your good looks? When for I was too younger, long, I certainly <laughs> did. When I was really young, when I was in high school, it was an easy, easy breezy. And then, and then, uh, you know, I would just say, calm down, junior, and uh, learn how to do some things. Put your. I I do wish that I focused more in school. That's what I wish I did. I wish that I figured out a way to get myself interested in learning and reading better. And I, I turned it around in college, but I wish I'd turned it around earlier. So I wish I'd just like figured out a way to like be better at school. Yeah. I I almost wish the, the opposite. Um, I wish I, I, I don't know. I think I was so good at school. No, no, not I that so I, no, 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 no. I did. I did. Calm down, genius. You're doing too much work. I wish no, I was so I did, smart. Well, no, I didn't mean that. What I meant, I, I didn't do well in uh, school, and I beat myself up about it. And I think, I think, it, like you just mentioned, having the mindset of wanting to learn. I've got this. I always need to be learning something, always. I'm always learning something new, and I get excited by that. But when I was in school, I didn't, and I don't think you're I don't think you're sort of brought up to be that way in school. The way they teach is very sort of prescribed, and, you mm. know, you have English at 3 o'clock, and you have maths at 5 o'clock, and all these things, and I just think, oh, you know, that I wish that I'd sort of bailed out a bit earlier, really. Um, and when you, I mean, you look at other people, you know, I mean, 
I know Alec uh, Steele spoke about this in the past, that, you know, he couldn't wait to finish school because then he could get onto his own passion and become great at that. And I think that's what they're not teaching in schools. You, you just put through. I, I know they need to have, you know, certain levels because you need to be tested and all that kind of stuff. But I just think it creativity is almost sucked away from you. And I think at that age, you don't even realize mm. it's only when you're right. older, you think, Jesus, you know, I'm telling anyway, you, I wish, I wish, I wish I'd, they taught me math with a measuring tape when I was in, when I was a kid, I had to learn after college. I was like, you yeah. know, and I was just like, ah, damn it. How come I didn't learn how to do this? How come I didn't learn how yeah, to like divide yeah. fractions and really kind of understand it? But like, give, who cares? Yeah. Well, cook. How to how to look after money? How to yeah. yeah all these different things they don't teach you. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I was just gonna say real anyway. quick, uh, Jeff. Congratulations on nineteen years of marriage. Damn Can right. You just post about that. Uh, pardon me. I guess you didn't have to rely on your looks too long. You've been together for twenty four years. You said that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, very good. Congratulations. Yeah, very, uh, I'm very proud of that. Is one thing I'm very proud of. Got a good thing going, and, and I'm Jeff- not gonna fuck it up. I think as soon as he put a ring on it, that's when he let himself go. I think is that right? <laughs> is that what you think? Started started looking like Vince Vaughn. I, yeah, that's right. I'm. I you know look. What can I say? I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I don't have nothing more to say other than I'm very happy about it. <laughs> I'm happy about. I'm happy about it. All right. So uh, the next cosmetic abrasives <laughs> make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. 15% off your abrasives at CombatAbrasives.com. And it's not not just belts. I mean, they they make the world's best belts anyway, but it's not just belts that they sell. Lots of other stuff. So go take a look. CombatAbrasives.com and use KNIFETALK15 for 15% off. The next question comes from Spiffy Keen Dude. Would you rather know everything about knives and knife making or be best friends with someone who does? Hmm. I I want to keep learning myself. That's a strange question. Yeah. I I don't necessarily want to keep know everything, but I love I love the learning process. And and part of that is making mistakes. And you know, if you're I don't know. If you're not making mistakes, like there's nothing to learn. It's not fun. Like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. And if you're the type of person who thinks that you know everything about knives and knife making, you're you're a oh, douche. You know, douche. because nobody does know everything. 100%. So I prefer to. And I don't really want to be friends with somebody who knows everything either. So, oh, geez, I got to pick one, eh? Um. I'd be the douche. <laughs> yeah, let's be douchebags. I want to be the douchebag too. I already am. One, but I want to be a douchebag too. I want to be a douchebag. Okay. Um, Michael Lang asks, I'm looking to get or build a forge and I'd like some advice. Part of me wants to go the route of getting a ribbon burner and going all out, but I know they're expensive. I'm also thinking about just doing a two burner normal forge. That's a decent size and everything. I'm a hobbyist knife maker currently and also like blacksmithing and mainly make smaller items. I don't really want to work with large stock, but I do want to forge some small, medium, larger knives. Or would a coal forge possibly be the best answer? I'd like your input if possible, please. Thank you. Yeah. So he said ribbon burner, um, should he, even though they're expensive, he said, or oh, should he go with a two burner or should he go with coal? What do you guys think? I don't know. 
What do you think, Jeff? I think that a gas forge is a very, very uh, good investment. And if you want to build it, God bless you. There's tons of people who have uh, things online. A lot of people make them themselves. You really only need fire bricks and a, and a burner, and you can really make it happen with hardly anything. Uh, I think people get too hung up on ribbon burners. And I mean, unless you're doing swords and big things that you need a very high heat and, and a lot of uh, volume, I'm not necessarily, I mean, you can make it happen with a uh, two burner forge. One thing you should be aware of is that not all forges will perform the same. I have the forge I built with um, my old lead man, John Ledford, is a single burner forge, but it cannot get up to, it cannot, I cannot get it up to forge welding temperature. So I ended up getting a three burner uh, NC forge on the side that I use if I'm, you know, for the, for the times that I've been making Damascus. Um, it's good to figure out exactly what you want it for and then go accordingly. I don't think for, I think of all the things, especially if you are a blacksmith and you are going to be doing it for a while, I think forges are very inexpensive. Like, you know, you can get a very good forge for under $500, which you, all right, that's a lot of money, but if you're going to use it for a long time, I don't think it's that big of an investment. I mean, if you're not going to make, if you're not going to make, I mean, if you're making giant swords and stuff, maybe you want a ribbon burner. But I mean, I don't really, I don't really, I've never really thought about it that it being valuable enough for me. So, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I, I'm not a coal guy. I just, I've just never have been. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's hard for me to get coal or coke around here. Like some places it's easy to get to. I just don't want to have a pallet of coke in my, in my backyard. You know, it's just like not something I want, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. What, what do you think, Maraca? Uh, I mean, I think a, a propane forge is a, it sounds like, I mean, if he's just starting out, uh, says hobbyist knife maker. Um, so yeah, I would say, yeah, propane. Uh, and if you can't manage to make it yourself, uh, you can just buy them, uh, you know, they're, and they're readily available all over the place. Um, I don't think, you know, ribbon burners are good for all kinds of stuff, but I don't know if it's nest like mine's not a ribbon burner and I get plenty of work done. Right. Um, so, and it's, I actually have a single Venturi burner. So, um, and you know, I can do everything from welding temperatures. I could probably melt down some steel in my forge all the way down to, uh, like, uh, you know, cutting back the, the oxygen and, and the fuel all the way down to where I can very easily heat treat out of that forge as well. Um, and I think it's just, I don't know, it's just, it comes down to resources, what you have available, either money-wise money, money wise or materials-wise. I, I also would not go for a coal, a coke forge, um, just because, you know, I, I don't know, like you said, Jeff, I mean, you, got, you have to have all this stuff in the first place just to run it, and then you have to have tons of fuel um, on hand because you go through it surprisingly i th i would say i would imagine surprisingly quickly and you have to vent them differently like yeah. uh, if you oh have a God. if you have a if you have a, a propane forge if you just you're in a garage you can open up the windows but yeah. like a coke forge if you're not properly vent ventilated you're going to be toes up you're going to kill yourself so yeah some nastiness come out i just coke. It, especially if you're not going to i mean what are you gonna, what, we've said it go get yourself a forge and it's good congratulations <laughs> Nice. We put now we put Craig to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sleepy podcast episode. Uh this next one is from the Canton Cutler. 
He says, hey, cuties, I have a question for you. I'm building my new workshop. If you had to build your workshop from scratch, what would you do differently? Any workshop building tips? Greatly appreciated. Stay safe. Love from Wales, Jake. Um, Jake is from is that my a friend of yours? Back in yeah. back in Cardiff, we, we've never met, but um, he's from my yeah my hometown Cardiff and Canton, which he references in his name was just a few miles down the road. Um, building a workshop from scratch, um, I'd say, and it took me a while to do this, um, is having a a separate grind room, even if you just mm. need to put up a partition there, just do it honestly, because you're always yeah. going to be forever cleaning off shit from things that you don't want shit on. So yeah, get, get yourself just a, a separate place where you can grind um, and do all your dirty work in there. And when it comes to, you know, your, you know, your handle work and all the rest of it, and, you know, and even your drilling and stuff like that, that can go in the sort of the clean space, but having a dedicated dirty spot definitely, definitely makes a big, big difference. Um, and my workshop here is is tiny, and my grind room is it's literally just like a little cupboard. I've got two grinders in there, and you know, but when, by the time I close the door, I, I, there's not much other room. But that's all you need, as long as it's well ventilated and you've got you know good sort of a way of getting rid of all the all the crap in there. Um, but yeah, otherwise everything will just be covered with a film of dust and crap. So if you could do that, even if you're just screening off a corner, get yourself a, a dedicated grind space. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've found that a dedicated grinding room has been the biggest key for me. I've worked in shops where there wasn't any grinding room and little shops where there was, and it has made such a huge difference. Um, but uh, let's see, like if I was setting up my, sh I think a, a, a better ventilating system or vacuum system, especially for um, like the wood dust. Uh, Cause it's so light and it just floats all over the place. And even though I have a uh, a fan circulating air out of my grinding room, um, there's it's you know that wood dust just gets everywhere on everything. Uh, so setting up a good vacuum ca like catching system would be ideal. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, a, a good workbench I think is pretty key. At least a couple surfaces. Even even though I've like when I was at Dragon's Breath, I had a giant workbench and no matter what I did, I always had, it was, the whole thing was just a giant mess. And so I think if I, and I, at least I think that this would work this way and, and it's kind of worked this way in my current shop is that I kind of have my workbench and then I have another uh, desk area that is for like for drawing or, or sketching things out and then it's just for that but it gives me kind of a cleaner area to work at when uh when my workbench is just covered in shit but um mm. having a good work couple work surfaces uh for just doing handwork or drawing or whatever you need to do um i don't know probably a, a ventil good ventilation for your forging uh forging area if you're going to be forging I think would be, I think I, I, I envy Jeff's, uh, restaurant fan that he has over his forging area. That thing's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Um, I got lucky. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, that's what I can think of. I would only change. I would wish I had more natural light. I would love, mm. I'm in my shop now and I would love it if I had some skylights and it would be, it would, I know that it would usually especially when the weather's nice i have my uh, bay doors open my garage doors and it's just like the light in here makes it so much more pleasant to be in 
sure. I know that if I had the light, I would have it in the kind of non-forging area because I hate forging and I, if I can't see, and too much natural light there would be, make it kind of hard for me to kind of watch the color and stuff like that. But if I had more natural light, I'd be much happier, definitely. Yeah. Not much more to add. Cool. Okay, shall we... Um, I'll pick a question. If you guys can go down the list and pick one more each, then we can move on a bit. Um, so I'm going to go with, um, I think it's RNTZ Knives. Um, hey, man, can I ask you a question? We all know trolling people on the internet is bad, but is it okay to troll the people when they start preaching steel-type superiority and all get butt-hurt when you question their ignorance? Um... <laughs> So we say that we shouldn't be trolling people online, but if they deserve it, should you? I think that's basically what he's saying. Um, I, th- I, I think personally, I think you know, I haven't got time for it. If people are, um, yeah, if I don't agree with somebody, I, I won't necessarily tell them. I'll just sort of, you know, if I if I disagree with them, you know, multiple times, I'll just sort of wipe them away, from, you know, unfollow and subscribe, whatever it is. I don't need that in my life, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think get, getting involved and, and commenting on on people's opinions is is just it's just a time suck. It's, that it, I don't really have the time for. I just am always surprised. I'm always surprised at what people say to other people. And I've said this guy a million times. He listens to the podcast. Owner Kaglar dies in every film. Has got the greatest bit of all time. He's now he's got this chain. He made an axe. He made an, a YouTube video of an axe that he made the handle with chain and he welded the chain up. He's up to like 21 million views. It, it was big, big oh, for a while, nice. and then it came back. It was like this giant viral situation, and he he is such a tough son of a bitch. He gets people writing him these me- these messages, and he lights them up, and then he's got the greatest bit of all time. He'll screen cap them giving him Fritz, him lighting them up, and then he puts it on his stories, and it's like, it's like a, it's like the crop that it's the never-ending crop of good material. Like this guy's like a fucking <laughs> genius because he's got this built-in terrific secondary crop of material, and it's I I never understood the need to have to tell people I don't I never feel the need to tell people anything. So it's just you know I I I don't I can't get bothered by it. Can't get I don't say mm. shit to anybody. I try to be positive. I think it's important to be positive. I know I definitely get worked up about some of the shit that people say, but it's usually people saying, being shitty to other people and me wanting to tell them basically to go fuck off. Um, but it never but, really well, works. It's but like, it never it really never works. works. Um, but something uh, I, I remember hearing before is is to kind of just tr- try to imagine like where that person, the, whoever the troll is, where they're at, like how, like how, negative of a place or shitty you know their situation is where you know the the only place that they feel that they can get power in their life is by being uh, hiding behind their keyboard and their screens and being shitty to people they don't even fucking know just think about that and Mm -hmm. kind of maybe feel a little bit you know i mean you don't have to feel bad for them but just like try to relate in a little in a way and just be like man it would fucking suck to be such a miserable person that all you can do is go out there and be terrible in the world i gotta i mean there have been times where let's say somebody that i know and then maybe it's something that i I disagree with or i think they're wrong on something um 
I I generally sort of like DM them and you know we'd have a sure. conversation that kind of way. Yeah. I wouldn't publicly try and sort of not shame them but sort of overpower them with an opinion. You know, you've been I, torqued I, off a couple times. You've been torqued off. I've seen you been torqued off a couple times, <laughs> and not to mention, you know, I feel terrible because I I know when you say that, Mareko, I know exactly how you feel because I've seen some people write some things in your comments a long time ago. I just remember it was a while ago. I don't remember what it was, and somebody wrote something, and then I and you wrote, "What do you mean by that?" But I was reading it the way I knew you were like. What do you mean by that? So I know that like it's like a hook, and and it's it's just so unnecessary. That's really what it comes down to is is people just are so unnecessary. It's just like such a waste of time to like start this weird. You're getting these little impulses, and you're getting these little like jolts of like adrenaline or something like that, and it's just so exhausting. It's the same thing with when we were going after all those. Um, those knife makers in the Middle East who are, you know, stealing shit, and we launched at the whole, the whole knife talk group on them, and yeah. it just became it was such a exhausting, meaningless time suck. And then there were people writing me, "Well, who are we gonna go after next?" I'm just like, "Addy, soldier, we're not going after anybody. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's just too much. It's just like it's such." nonsense and then you you know you're talking to your you know talk to your wife and she's like what did you do what you're like 40 you're like in your 40s what are you doing these are like children some of you want yeah. after children are you crazy this is what you do all day no i don't do right. shit yeah i'm with you i'm with you right you two um go down the list pick a question i'm gonna tell our listeners all about um oh. indasa and our rhino wet um sandpaper which we all use which is by far, by far, by far the best sandpaper out there um, for any sort of hand sanding, that kind of stuff, um, which is Rhino Wet from Indasa. You can get that from Texas Farrier Supply, which is TexasFarriersupply.com, um, as well as Rhino Wet. They, they do lots and lots of other stuff as well. But again, we've got you a discount. So if you use Knife Talk 10, you're going to get 10% off your order. So that could be as much Rhino Wet as you want, as well as anything else that they have at Texas Farrier Supply. So go take a look. TexasFarrowSupply.com, and remember, Knife Talk 10. Nice. What have you got, Morocco? All right, I got Dan Bryan Knives. He says, uh, what's your technique for getting a tang of a, full, uh, of a forged full tang chef's knife flat while grinding? Uh, I have a 2x72, but not a disc sander. Thanks for the distraction uh, from life at the hospital. I'm a nurse. Uh, uh, what? Anesthetist. Anesthetist. Yeah, anesthetist. Oh, you fuck. Uh, Greg, you shouldn't have told, helped him out with that. That might have been, that might have been good. Yeah. That might have been good. <laughs> uh, taking this pandemic head on, I look forward to my shop next time with KTP. Thank you for your support, Dan. Um, so, what was it? The last time when I did the... Uh, what is it? The Smith and Bard small batch. You know, I, I have a disc grinder. I don't have it set up. So I was doing uh, my tang tapering and flattening on my disc grinder, but um, I got it pretty close on my, my two by 72. But the only way I felt really good about it being really nice and very flat was uh, I, after hitting it on the two by 72, I actually, uh, I used like a spray adhesive and a, uh, like a, a flat surface. I have a, a, a marble countertop drop. So, uh, countertop places when they cut out the area for like the sink or something like that, or, or, uh, like the stove, they, those drops just go into the garbage. And I have a place near me, uh, that you can just, you can actually just go through and dig out some of the drops. And so I have one that I use as a flat 
surface for flattening things. Uh, usually it's handle, uh, handle material of some sort or like, uh, whatever. But anyways, what I did is I spray painted or spray painted, <laughs> sprayed he's down, uh, some 220 in DASA and, um, and kind of just very carefully spent just a little time kind of hand sanding it against a flat surface and it, they all came out perfect. It was awesome. But what would be most ideal is using the disc grinder. That's exactly what it's for. Uh, and I would imagine that's how Craig it, uh, or Jeff is doing it. Maybe Craig, do you have a disc grinder too, Craig? Uh, I do, but I've yet to use it because mm. I bought it just before we come into lockdown. I see. Um, and, I, and I haven't used it yet. So yeah, it, it's sitting there. Yeah. Sounds good to got? me. You got nothing to add. Yeah, I'm 100% behind you. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Have you got a question, Jeff? Uh, yes. This comes from Paul Charbono. Charbono. Paul Charbono. Hey, cutie. Apparently, I need to include that to get a response. Uh, I'm just kidding. I read that in a really kind of shitty way. I didn't, he, just, he just wanted to know how you get a nice matte finish without any scratch lines. Paul, you know I'm just fooling around. He wants to know how you get a nice matte finish without any scratch lines. Mm. Um, okay, I'll start. Um, first of all, um, I go from the, um, <laughs> we've been through this so many times. Matt I, finish? Uh, I, a matte finish. No, no, um, no, well, sat, not satin finish. A matte finish. Mm, so scratchless. Okay, yeah. So like scratch a sandblasted, sandblasted or bead blasted or tumbled finish. I, it seems that way. He doesn't want to see. Yeah. Right. Okay, finish. sorry, sorry. I was, I was, I was gonna talk about satin finish, but a matte finish, right? Okay, I don't know. I don't know either, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> I don't know either. I think, I think that, I think that. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to know. Maybe a tumbler. Some people use tumblers. You know, you, yeah, you hand. So... You see... go ahead. You know, I, I'm a speculator. I don't... I don't do it myself, but I know that, yeah, people like Jeff was saying tumblers, uh, you can make your own tumblers. Um, and usually it's some sort of, you, you can either get a regular, uh, like, or, or tumbling a medium that comes in different sh sizes and shapes for tumbling your work. Um, also you can get like a, a sandblaster, sandblast. A lot of people do sandblasting. Um, you know, they'll maybe machine finish up to. 120 or 220 and then they'll uh then they'll sandblast with a like a 120 medium um and it gives a really nice uh like non-directional matte finish without any scratch lines of any kind uh, a lot of some people also use glass beads for uh for blasting um basically the same as sandblasting but using the beads to do a bead blast finish also looks really nice um but yeah, I, I, I unfortunately with, I don't think we're the best ones to ask. Got a question about sandblast, and I don't know if you guys have done it at all. But how often can you can can you keep reusing that the same material that that you're using to blast with? Or do you need to change I'm, it? I'm under the impression the most important thing is how dry is the sand. Right. Okay. The sand has to be like super duper dry, True. otherwise it fucks everything up. Mm, that makes sense. And is it is it like a garnet, or is it just like a, a sanded sand? What you know? I, I think that I think that there's. I, I'm not. I remember we had a sandblaster at the Center for Mental Arts, mm. and I just remember buying a specific type of sand. Sure. Yeah. But we had to make damn sure that it wasn't like sitting outside and in the palette and mm. getting moist. 
You know, I'd like to try it. I, I really would. Me too. I, be cool. I wanted to make a rock tumbler. I wanted to make a tumbler because it's uh, because they look. I've seen you've seen these videos. You see, they'll make a tumbler out of like um, that white uh, tube. You can get like um, mm. what you'd use for plumbing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big PVC white, tubing. and then you can get those. Yeah, PVC tubing, and then you can get the ends with the screw on ends, and then you just like tie. I saw a guy like tied it to his drill. And he just had it on on a bunch of skateboard wheels. So he had skateboard wheels, and they and it was just rolling on the skateboard wheels. And then the drill, he just put a clamp on the drill, and then he was tumbling in there. He threw some stuff in there, and you know, I always thought that was a kind of a neat idea. I love, I would love to do something where you don't have to actually. Can you imagine having a finish? You don't have to even do anything. You walk yeah. away. Bolt, oh bolt that to disc grind, then you're away. Oof. Oh my god! Could you just imagine? <laughs> I mean, if that if that isn't what everybody wants you yeah. stick it in push the button and fuck away off like a washing that machine is just up oh, fantastic can you imagine <laughs> how do you get that finish i just went and took a leak and it was, came back and it was all squared away you, do you know what i'm going to be researching as soon as we come Go offline <laughs> sandblasting oh i thought you were gonna my little pony I you're back <laughs> on that. no i ain't no brony no. yeah that one i heard <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> bastard. Let's move on. <laughs> we got beef. Beefs. I've sort of sprung this on the guys. I'm looking at the notes and I can see they haven't written their beefs down. So I, I, I got beef. not have one. Oh, you got beefs. Okay, cool. Let's go straight with Morocco. Okay, so, uh, so we've been doing. I actually, I have a couple. One was a driving one, but I've done so many driving ones. I don't want to do any more driving <laughs> ones. Yeah, you better save it. You better save it, dude. Yeah, your driving beefs are like legendary, <laughs> but like, literally like the DMV of driving beefs. But uh, so we've been doing all these videos, and so I've I've been taking all the video, um, but I can't do the editing or I, I could do the editing it's a lot of work though and I what's more productive for me is just be doing the knife work and so my wife has actually been doing all the editing and we've been getting a really positive feedback um, and a lot of people really enjoying the videos having a lot of positivity but some there's some fucking asshole out there <laughs> who's giving the, the one and only thumbs down on every single oh, video. Oh, so, that, do you know oh, who that was? Hard. That was uh, John, that was. Uh, John Ariani. Oh, that's Bastard son of a bitch. Subscribe for my mails as well. It's him. He's going around. He's doing his random things. I, I, think it, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's Ben Coker. That's who I think it is. <laughs> Benjamin Coker, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I do you know what? I, I completely you feel you there. You you get all this positive stuff and one and one one bastard who puts the thumbs down. And do the they tell I'm you who it out. is? No, it doesn't tell you who it is. And my wife's just oh, my wife oh, actually I brought it up because I hadn't been paying very close attention. She's like, "Oh, it, why did she do that?" Well, because she's fucking pissed <laughs> oh. about it. <laughs> my wife, my my wife would is no. She's like, I do not want to hear about this. I do not want this in the house. I don't want you being. I I. She would totally hide that shit from me. <laughs> She'd be like. I don't need this in my life. I don't need you losing your mind. No. So, so yeah. that, so you only got one negative. negative yeah, but thing? it's just like it's it's All just right. bizarre. It's like what what? So who's? While we'd love to know who the one person is, moreover, it's like they don't even comment as to what it is mm. that they, they're just like thumbs down. Fuck you, uh, thumbs down. It's like what the fuck is? Well, 
Yeah, let's get some yeah, constructive can't. feedback in here. What's happening? So. Uh, I don't think you need to. You know, that I'm so grateful that I've never signed into YouTube. So I can't look at anybody's. I can't rate them. I can't do any of it. And I, I'm grateful that I don't. I'm grateful that I don't sign. So you, you don't, don't have an account. So you don't. A YouTube account? Or anything. No. You don't have a Google wow. email? I do, but I, I'm not going to put I, I got a million f- passwords and usernames. I got to put everything in there. I don't need to know everything. So when you go to youtube.com, what, what, what's your front page? Is it just I like random just, I don't have stuff. a front page. Just go in, go in, look at the video. I'm never going in and browsing. I've never in my life browsed a YouTube video. What are you doing now? I'm going to watch YouTube videos. Like I, I'll find some, like the only time I ever used uh, YouTube is when one of my friends does something and i'll watch that or or i need to learn how to tile the floor and i'd learn that but i don't it's i don't i don't get excited about watching youtube or you need to learn about but i do watch our friends i didn't that wasn't enough to do nothing to do with me i i mean i had nothing to do with me and the the other thing is that's the last thing i need to do is is read all the (laughs) negative feedbacks on that i don't do any of that yeah cares what's your beef what's your beef jeff no, let's go with you first, because I'm my mine's kind of curtailing in his a little bit. Okay, okay. Mine is of... me, my stupid, stupid brain. So um, every week we, uh, whilst we've been in sort of lockdown, we've been doing these like family quizzes on Zoom every Saturday night. Um, there's about twenty of us. We all sort of get together online, members of the family, and we take it in turns to do this quiz. And it was my turn yesterday. And I mean, I go all out, like completely all out. I, I spent hours and we had like a music round. I'd edited all the music ready and I, everything was, you know, everything was perfect. But I spent about four hours on this one round, which was uh, movie scenes gone wrong. So I took a screen grab from oh. famous movies and I put members of the family, I put their face photoshopped onto the actors and they had to say what the film was. And it was surprisingly hard. If you take the actor's face away, it's surprisingly hard to, to guess what this film was. So yesterday afternoon, I took hours and hours and hours making these things. And the way I do it on on Zoom then, I drop them into like a keynote presentation and then I play the presentation. People can see it and all that kind of stuff. But I had so much going on because I was playing music and I had all these like jingles, uh, as you can imagine, all these different things going on. And um, I then went open to open at this round and I, I deleted it. I hadn't saved it. And I just right. closed down the app. So it wasn't saved. So about eight hours of work. Just completely oh. down the down the drain, and this was eight hours work, and it was going to give me about four or five minutes of giggles. That's all it was, but it all went, and I was just you stupid, stupid idiot. I had so much going on that I forgot to do the one simple thing, which was just to click save. So yeah, my stupid brain. That's my beef this week. Oh, it sounds like so much work. Oh, I know, I know, I know, and I was just like. <laughs> I was so gutted at, at the end of it all when because this was the final round. This was like this was the funny bit. At the end. This was going to be great. That is brutal. And, and it was just like everybody's waiting. We bigged it up, and everybody's waiting. And there's all this talk on WhatsApp, you know, all day saying we can't wait for the quiz and everything, and all this stuff. And you know, you know, my I got two of my cousins, you know, in in, in that famous sort of Brokeback Mountain scene, you know, to replace their faces. And it was all Jeez. it was it was hilarious, as you'd imagine. And I'd lost oh, yeah. it all. Eight <laughs> hours of work. It must have been pretty uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't good. So, yeah, oh. I went to bed last night thinking, you idiot. Oh, My stupid sorry. brain. It sounds like a lot of work Go yeah. down the tubes. Yeah. What have you got, Jeff? Well, you know, I. it's funny because, you know, we are home a lot more. So there is a lot more um, 
searching, not searching, but going through social media and Facebook and stuff like that. And I, I'm noticing that there's a lot of frustration, which is duly as, as there should be frustration. There should be frustration with our leadership, there be everyone's leadership. There should, we des, we all deserve more in general, Democrat, Republican, we deserve more. And I just get, I just think it's, it just, it doesn't, it gets me irritated when I see these uh, statements and like proclamations followed by, you know, yelling at people, us, anybody, and referring to us as sheeple. Have you ever heard that expression before, sheeple? Yeah, people who follow the crowd, Yeah. yeah. It's, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what's annoying. What's annoying is this type of word. When somebody says, calls you, oh, you're being, what up, sheep? You're, when you, if you're trying to uh, elicit a change of opinion, my, you might be better off not insulting people, number one. But number two is, when you use an expression that's a mushed-up expression, it reminds me of how obnoxious it was when people were talking about, do you remember these celebrity couples? Do you remember when... Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were together. Do you remember what they called them? <laughs> Brangelina. Brangelina. What about Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo? Remember, J- Jennifer Lawrence. Remember what they called them? No. They called them J-Rod. It's like when we're talking about Brangelina and, and J-Rod, it's, it's, there's nothing more obnoxious than hearing that. And this is the same thing. It's, it's, it's you're, you're not helping your cause. It's awful. It's awful. When I see people referring, don't be sheeple. I understand you're trying to be clever with an unoriginal thought, but I'm I'm, be- I'm betting you a million dollars. Everyone is rolling their fucking eyes when you call someone sheeple. Just, it's enough. Be be more nuanced. Use words in a way that will en- not even enlighten, but be cr- be more creative than sheeple. It's just like, <sighs> uh, sheeple. Eh, fuck off. It's enough. Yeah. They're being sheeple themselves by using the word sheeple. Well, you know what the funniest part is with knife makers is the real sheeple are knife makers who don't know how to cook. And this is the reason why. When you're forced, Americans are forced to eat fast food and this prepared food and you don't know how to cook, you are a sucker for the big corporations who are making this prepared food and canned food and these box foods. And if you don't know how to cook, you're losing money. And then you're, you're, you're the sheeple. Yeah. Wake up sheeple. Wake up sheeple. <laughs> Learn how to cook because you're a fool. That's they, they, they're holding us all back from cooking. I'm now convinced that people don't know how to cook. And that's one of the reasons we're being, we're being held back by capitalism. So don't be sheeple. Learn how to cook. There we there you go. go. Here we go. <laughs> you know what? I mentioned my family quiz, and we've got, I've got a few um, songs track queued up on my machine here where you have to say the next line. Do you fancy a quick oh, quiz? Yeah. Of course. Ready? A quick quiz. Oh, do we have to ring in? Right. Okay. What, what the way we're going to do this? Because this is going to be slightly difficult. So we're going to take it in turns. So uh, you'll have a song each, and you, I need to know the next phrase from the song. Okay. Oh, so oh, Jeff, you're up first for okay. one point. Are you okay. ready? All the time. Swinging hot spot. Correct. Wow. One point. Thank God. That was, uh, yes, thank you. We got a mixture of um, genres of songs here. Are you ready, Morocco? Right, we'll see. 
This is good. This is a good game. Gallon boys just laughed at him when he walked into the bar room. One of them got up and met him halfway across the floor. When Tommy turned around, they said, Hey, look, old yellow's leaving. Uh, something about the door. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I've never heard that song. That's Kenny Rogers. Okay. You've never heard that the song. Power of I've the never heard. Coward of the County. I've never heard That's that song. That's the greatest song, greatest country song of all time. Nah, that seems like a bit of a stretch, Greg. Yeah, Come I think on. you should pump your pump your jets on that. I'm <laughs> a big Ken, I was a big Kenny fan before he uh, kicked oh. the bucket. Jeff, do you know what it is? I know that it's Coward of the County. I don't know the next song. I used when I was a kid. I I used to know it, but I don't remember it now. It is. You could have heard a pin drop when Tommy stopped and locked the door. Mm. It's a classic fuck, line. Come fuck on. Get the fuck out of here. The, right. only thing, the only thing that Katie Rogers did was awesome was that fucking chicken restaurant he started. <laughs> you ever had the, you ever had that goddamn chicken? Yeah. When Seinfeld did a whole thing on the Kenny Rogers roasters, he wasn't kidding. It was delicious chicken. Fucking good. Go ahead. One nail to Jeff. I don't know how legal this is. Very illegal playing these, but I don't think anybody's going to complain. Oh, give me a break! Are we ready? Saudi Jeff? Arabia? What are you? Saudi Arabia is worried about the My Little Pony. <laughs> Worry about this. Always, I know you'll be at my show, watching, waiting. Oh, it's anticipating, but I don't remember the. It's no, you're wrong. Right? Oh. Commiserating. I was. Hey, you didn't give me a chance to steal is it. Green, is that oh. green? Oh. Shit, shit, shit. That's Blink One Eighty Two. Come on. Oh, Blink One Eighty Two. This is a trust thing, Morocco. Did you know it? <laughs> I did. It was commiserating. Yeah. Ah, uh, I think it's. I think it's one all. We got to give it to him. Right. It was my. It was my mistake. This is to take the lead. Ready? Extra right. point if you actually sing the song. <laughs> who's uh, who's the uh, who's who's up? Um, uh, this, is Mo- this is Morocco. Are you ready? Right. Go ahead. This is a good one. Because opportunity comes once in a lifetime. You better blow. Yeah. Oh, so close. I think opportunity oh, say comes flow? once in a lifetime. Yo. We'll give you a point. For oh. you. You, you missed the blow and yo. Yo. Was, uh, <laughs> you got to yo. do the yo. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, where are we? We are 2 1 to Morocco. You ready, right. Jeff? This is All a classic. Design. This is a classic for you. This one, you ready? Oh, yeah, Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's strange, but it's true. Hey, I can't get over the way you love me like you do, but I have to be sure that you're uncircumcised. <laughs> Ah, no! I've never heard that song before in my life. You've never heard. That's the first. I want to I've break never free. Heard that Queen. I've never. Oh shit! Yeah, I have heard "Break Free." Yeah. Um, I, when I, I woke I up, that. when you walk out that door is the is the answer. Yeah. So uh, well. two one. We've got two left. Are you re- are you ready? <laughs> I love this. This this, this this is a good one, Morocco, because I okay. think everybody thinks they know this. Okay. Everybody knows this song, but okay. I don't think many people know the words. Ready? Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Jeff, this is you. Passing it to Jeff. The victim the victim of the fight. No, the beast what? about to strike. Ah, uh, uh, fuck. 
<laughs> all right. So, all right. We, we get it. <laughs> right. Okay. Are you, sure, are you sure about that? Is the beast about to strike without a doubt? Without right. a doubt. Okay. Um, I won't give that one. He, Jeff wouldn't know that one. He's way too old for that one. Motherfucker. Uh, yeah. This oh. is a good one, Jeff. And I don't know how. I don't know how this translates in America. Whether it, I think he was a thing in America. Let, let's Go see. Ahead. Let's see. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon. Something about a harpoon. Da <laughs> daily and nightly. Correct. Morocco's on it. I had my friend when I grew up in in the or in the eighties and the nineties in New York City. This was I had some friends who listened to Ice Vanilla Ice, and it was like not good. It was not. <laughs> so terrible. we were all listening Absolutely to like yeah, we were listening to like New York City, you know, rap guys, and like I had one friend who used to sing this in the in the, and it was just like embarrassed. It was just like, come on, man, <laughs> come on, man, don't do it. There's one left. Morocco's already won with two points to one, but you could, you could take this to three to one. So yeah, are you ready, Morocco? Go ahead. See it. Let's get quizzical. Are you ready? <laughs> Olivia <laughs> Newton-John. Oh, yeah. He looks like my next mistake. Thank you, Taylor. Correct. Three wow. Mr. Pop Music. <laughs> wow. DJ fan, clearly. Oh, Look yeah. I love Taylor Swift. Look at you. Who doesn't? Look at you. Wow. By the I way, Craig, Craig, got, I don't um... think you give Jeff enough credit. He was talking about Billie Eilish the other day. Really? I, I don't you need really? any credit. I don't need credit about music. I, you know, the funny thing is, is if you really want to get into it, I already recorded the first two episodes of the Full Blast podcast, and I'm preparing for the third one that I'm going to have done this week, and it's all going to be about my stunted musical growth and why I was, like, really uh, banned from listening to popular music when I was a kid. So it's funny because I really have very, very little musical history. So Nice. Okay. And you've done a whole show about this. Well, it's funny. It's well, I'm just to give a. It's going to be coming out. I guess it's the third episode, but it's really about like my father. My grandfather was a cellist in New York for sure, right? and all this, something like that. He was like one. He was a big dog, and there was a crazy story about him and with with Mussolini. Mussolini, and there's like there's just this strange like music is a very strange thing in my family, and it was just kind of what this kind of weird situation. So, in terms of credit, I really don't have a very strong musical background. Mm. What I should, but I don't. I was, okay. I was kind of banned from music for a while. Wow. It's like Footloose. Yeah. Jesus, where did you yeah. live? Like, you you Kevin that. Bacon. No, you're going to have to live. Well, no dancing allowed in the house. You're going to have to tune in to the Full Blast podcast on the Makery Podcast Network. Radio Tease. There you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's a show. That's a show. What are we? Two, two hours, one minute. That's all good. Um, what's just popped up? Are you still around? Yeah, we are. Right. Okay. Two hours, one minute. That's the show. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we shall speak to you all very, very soon. Have a good week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.